and clap sync. Three, two, one. I'm quite almost didn't make that one. I was very concerned. Holy shit. No, see, Lynn, this is one of those things where like, this is like, okay, I feel the same way when we're driving sometimes and Uh I'm like in the passenger seat. It's just like having played this much Valorant, it's like my reaction times are just like in a different like category. So to you, you're like, oh my God, you almost missed it. And in my head, it's like, I have enough time to just get like water during the sequence. <laughs> like, so I don't know. I don't okay. know what that means, but I believe you. Yeah. And then he gets headshot in the head. Right. That's right. That's, that's yep, right. That's how it happens. That's right. By a twelve year old, and I'm like, man, this twelve year old can drink so much water. But yeah, <laughs> it's fucked up, bro. We were practicing. You know, I'm really there. sad that Burnhouse Lane never had headshots. You, it was always body shots because there was no aiming feature. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But man, capping some of those people would have been Ooh. sweet. Mm-hmm. It would make the teabagging worth it. That's for sure. Yeah, that's. For they should sure. just add a random headshot. It's, it, honestly, that game was like, I mean, we've talked about it a bit. It's a, it's kind of a dark comedy in a way, like, because like it, it could have easily just had the headshot sound, like headshot, you know, that like classic Doom sound. It could have done that, like honestly. It, it yeah. really. I mean, at the end of that po- that game, like, who was expecting after we recorded last that this game would turn into a comedy? <laughs> right we, we were emotionally wrecked i think in yeah. the first yeah we were at, when we recorded first we we were ending on like all right we think we're gonna keep playing yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah i know <laughs> except that like i know that's what we were ending on but before that it had already been the assassin's creed joke so it's like i don't know it's like it was there that's the whole true. time yeah but one joke and then like an hour of trauma does no, not there, yeah. was two. there was two there was another one i forget what the other one was there was one more though. There was like Assassin's Creed, and there was like some other reference to some other bullshit. Yeah, I don't know, but like yeah. two jokes, still not enough. Maybe, yeah. but like, I don't know. This game is just really strange. Game we've already been talking about, just like how to, how do you even review something like this? Because I mean, first of all, it gets into art territory. So a lot of things have we've reviewed a lot of quote art, and we've had no problem. But, but this is like, I don't know. I've just gotten more into like the well. If that's a creative decision they want to make, it's fine. Except there's some no, creative fuck decisions. That. We're in here, here to judge them. If we don't like their creative decision, they we take we take down their score. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's Elena, what we get to do because we have a platform. That's right. That's right. And we have microphones, and that's and what we don't. paid for. That's right. <laughs> yeah. You know what's really interesting is that I find that most people do. Maybe it's just because I'm in like game communities so where most people true. have that shit. But it's like I have a microphone. Maybe I have a nice microphone. Maybe. Um. But random motherfuckers have nice microphones, too. And you always ask them, and it's hilarious. Because it's always just like, what do you do? And sometimes, you know, they do something with audio, like we do. And I'll say sometimes, like, I have a podcast. But other times, they just kind of, like, they don't want to say they just wanted to sound nice for, like, vain reasons. I love it. They're trying to find internet girls. Interesting. Yeah, e-girls. You gotta get a microphone that really accentuates the the lower tones of your voice. So all the e-girls who are playing Valorant would be like, oh, my God. Does... Gabe it's all about that base. Gabe should find e-girls. Yeah, probably. I mean, Gabe doesn't play Valorant. Maybe he's missing out. Gabe, Gabe there's e-girls yeah. in Valorant. He's you like, need, oh, yeah. fuck, I'm there. Because like, they aren't playing Call of Duty. <laughs> the problem is he can't. That's they're true. not. That's they're absolutely <laughs> As not. As a woman who has attempted to play Call of Duty, they're not there. <laughs> yeah, you didn't find any of your kind there. No. <laughs> no. Yeah. It's just, it's interesting. Like, it really, I feel like the, this whole like last like, maybe 10 years or 20 years has just been like a study and like you can see communities more clearly 
mm-hmm. like there's people who play call of duty there's many subsections but like they kind of have a similar vibe in a way like i'll watch fucking gabe and brian just they never strike the first punch but goddamn, if you say some toxic shit they just come back real hard yeah. and it's like they're not <laughs> saying shit that's super like you know like unacceptable they're just saying like mean shit like you strike them and they just hurt you and it's like ooh. and i of course as the observer i'm like yeah fuck it hurt them like it's just i don't know <laughs> about it i don't know it just feels like we're two fucking you know <clears throat> local soccer teams that met at the fucking rec center or something and it's just like <laughs> just duking it out <laughs> yeah or like when i was a kid we played indoor soccer and this one guy on the other i was like 12 and the other guy on the other team had like a fucking beard already and I was like, that guy's not fucking 12. I'm like, can we card this guy? And the ref's like, I don't know. I'm, I'm a fucking, I'm, I'm like, what is he, a college dude? Like, I'm doing like between my schooler. nine to five. Like, what the hell? And as a kid, I didn't understand that. I was like, you're the authority figure. Do something. He's like, bitch, I'll get paid for this. I just was, I just like soccer a little. I don't know. I volunteered because the court yeah. ordered me to. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, 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 fucking, I'm looking for extracurriculars for college. Just like, 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 mm-hmm. yeah. you know? God, um, absolutely. So, I don't know. It's just, look, back to the game that I will say, like, I have a theory. Okay. And I want you guys to think about this theory and tell me if I'm wrong. Okay. Okay. And perhaps mm-hmm. add your own detail. Okay. This game was 95% what you would expect from the series, from the cat lady, from other types of games. And that doesn't mean you could guess every term, but it was just the vibe, the feel, the artistic vision, whatever, was approximately that. And then there was 5% of torture, and I think we're going to basically spend the rest of our eternity, like we're fucking stuck in Perkator or something, just trying to figure out how to rate something that has a 95-5% ratio like that. Perhaps. Yeah. Or maybe it was just a knockout of the park. Who knows? Mm. I don't know. I feel I was really thinking about this. And I really liked Burnhouse Lane. I think at the end, I think I am at the point where I can say that was a 95% enjoyable experience. 5% torture, but yes, mm-hmm. 95% enjoyable experience. But I think if anything... To me, I just find this to be just a beautiful culmination of just Mikulski's skill. It's weird because it's like we, we've played these games since he's created the Cat Lady. Now, granted, we didn't play the Cat Lady like on launch by any means, but we've played mm-hmm. through his whole repertoire at this point. Mm-hmm. And to me, it's just really cool to look back on games like the cat lady, like I was watching some game footage this morning, just to kind of remind mm-hmm. myself what the cat lady looked like. And yeah, you, you see how, how the audio is like peaking in areas. The animations are a little janky. The art is a weird. Little. The coloring is weird. Like, yeah. I don't know. It's like, I feel like there's a lot of, a lot of weird jank and Burnhouse lane has jank, but it's like more, elegant jank i want to say like there's still like weird character movements from time to time you know the people sit down and they stand up and their necks kind of snap in this ragdoll kind of way and you're like whoa and then we we, we talked at length about that side shuffling animation yeah, last definitely. last episode where we yeah i mean it's really funny but like i don't know in a way though like there's still something about it that just seems more 
skilled and elegant. So it's just like, I feel like we've just kind of seen Mikulski's improvement with these things as time has gone on. And yeah. I don't know. I, I always like to see that sort of development in things. Um, and I think it just also, I don't know, like I, I didn't hate Lorelai, but to me, Lorelai just kind of felt... I feel like it's going to be an insult to say empty, but like I didn't really connect with that storyline very well. And I feel like Burnhouse Lion was kind of hearkening back to like more poignant storylines. It felt, and we kind of said this like last episode as well, but it just felt more of a homecoming and more cat lady like in both like story structure and content and like connecting with characters all that well. Mm-hmm. Not sure you guys kind of felt the same way. But I think that's where I ultimately land on it, where it's like Burnt House Lane ended and I was just like, that was beautiful. Like, that was great. Yeah. I see what you mean. It's interesting. Like, I might disagree, but not entirely. But like, or like, I might frame it differently, maybe. Hmm. And I think that's like a totally valid way of looking at it. The thing to me is like, okay, like part i i always separate like production value and like artistic vision in a way like production value i think for this game went up across every possible facet mm-hmm. i do wonder though like if it's my favorite in the series though or if still there was maybe more magic in some of the earlier ones like like i in my mind's eye the cat lady was more magical than this one even with all the jank and so i don't know like, I, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know how to like, to, cause I haven't played the cat lady for a minute, you know? So it's like, I don't really know, do I? But in my mind's eye, it's like the cat lady was like really special. Maybe it's, maybe it's the first Mikulski game you play, you know, it's the special yeah. one. I think the cat lady um, spoke to your soul. Yeah. But that's, I find like artistically, that's how I judge the artistic vision, you know, in a way, um, is like how much it speaks to my soul. And I think this one spoke to my soul a little bit less, um, despite having like production wise really really like improved in every possible way um but i think it was cool no matter what regardless of that to see the increase in production value over time because then you get to see like what jank is left and you get to understand like that's the real jank that's the good jank because there was good jank and bad jank and like everyone was arguing because i remember like for the cat lady it was like people like it's all bad jank and it's like oh it's totally not dude but some of it is and it felt like we needed to go like piece by piece through it to be like, is this good jank or is that bad jank? And I feel like this game shows you in a lot of ways what was good jank and what was bad jank. Like there's like a love letter to fucking weird animations and there's fucking, I don't know, just like the just like the way people talk and the sort of like, because for example, they still have very sharp um, like sounding dialogue from all the all the characters, specifically all the female characters are sharp and it's like that's i think an artistic choice also of like a sort of ghosty like wispy sort of ethereal sound and you can see that throughout the whole series and i was wondering if at some point they would like polish that off and be like oops we now understand about audio but like no they've like kept that even though the microphones are better even though everything's nice and they don't need to have that anymore it's like they still went for some of that so you can sort of see the good jank and the bad jank but I don't know. Like, I've been wondering for myself, like, 
where does this rank for me? That's the question I've been trying to ask it to understand all of that stuff together. And I, I don't, I don't know. I really enjoyed it though. No doubt. Like, and I really enjoy playing with everyone despite us getting tortured together. Or maybe, maybe because of, I mean, they say like, you know, tribes that suffer together, bond together. That's what they say. Of course we suffered. <laughs> We've suffered before and not bonded. <laughs> I'm just saying like, you know, it's existing. Um, so I don't know. Um, there's a game called Starseed Pilgrim. <laughs> Actually, that one might have been a the original. Too. Yeah, true. Painful bonding. No, true. But what do you what do you think about that? So I'm just curious, like, because like, because you, you, we could all clearly see like the production value increasing and the skill of the developer increasing. Do you think there was still as much soul in this game as maybe the Cat Lady? In my opinion, yes. Um, I mean, I, I do think there's something to be said, and, and maybe it is something where it's like, there's nothing like your first love. There's nothing like mm-hmm. your first Mikulski mm-hmm. game, where it's like, it's true. Like, I think the Cat Lady will always be, I guess, a special game to me, just because it was my first foray into just this weird horror, like, point-and-click adventure with weird puzzles with gloves and toilets and, mm-hmm. like... um. I don't know, there's a weird scene where cats just eat a man all of a sudden. I'm like, yeah. this is bizarre. Like, what the hell? This is straight from and... my search history. It's <laughs> <laughs> yes. everything I love. Got it. Yep. <laughs> but um I, I and I think what initially just I, I think where I ultimately stand at is I, I think one of the things I just like about Mikulski's games is that there will just be all these bizarre horror elements to it, but then these brief moments of just humanity and like just poignant messages on life. Like, and I don't know if I can rank if like Susan's monologues are better than Angie's by any means, Mm -hmm. but I think, I think why Burn House Lane probably seems the most similar to me cat lady wise is because it's just both protagonists are kind of learning what it's like to live again. Um, you know, for one thing, they both share a lot of similarities in that they both try to take their own lives, um, you know, at the beginning of the mm-hmm. game. And then the rest of the game is them, um, you know, yeah, kind of gaining a little bit of humanity back, maybe trying to, you know, learn some important life lessons, maybe get rid of some inner demons. Um, and then it, it does kind of deviate a bit, I guess, in that, you know, Susan and Susan gets Mitzi, who, it, and it's kind of suddenly becomes this kind of like powerful friendship. And this is, you know, this is the power of friendship together. And we thought we were going to get that with Jennifer and Angie again yeah. in mm. Birdhouse Lane. And it ended up, you know, Jennifer's just a piece of shit. And spoiler, she's always a piece of shit. Yep. No matter what you do uh, oh, really? in the game. Yeah, no matter what you do, uh, Jennifer will always, uh, she always hates you, essentially. Hmm. And I think I think that's something that I actually, like, maybe do like. Okay, and by the way. So I, I wasn't you... wrong. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Like, like this, this, that's something that's really true with this game in particular, but maybe all of them in some way, is just that, like, the characters are the characters even your main character you know what i mean we talked about that a bit but like like you are not this is not like you writing the story i mean you do make some decisions and maybe you write the ending and that's just kind of like the way these games play but like you don't write the characters and you don't like and you god forbid don't just like walk around moralizing all the characters and turning them good (laughs) you know what i mean yeah it's really not that kind of game 
And it's like, really not a happy ending game. Like, I feel like no. it's not like a rainbows <laughs> and roses at the end game. It's just like a cold, hard reality is a very strong word for this. But <laughs> yeah, I, w- I would definitely there. say it, it's it's true for the neutral endings, which are the easiest to obtain endings. It, it's it's probably the I would say it's the canon endings for all of these games um, that, you know, you get when you don't look up walkthroughs on how to get a golden playthrough. Mm-hmm. Granted, you know, because the golden endings are quite convoluted and they require like maybe a lot of qualifiers to them um and whatnot so you know in i guess we've already spoiled a lot of stuff i guess but like you know the cat lady ends with mitzi dying of brain cancer and susan but susan kind of learning to like she has this renewed sense for life and she's gonna live on in a mitzi's memory and blah 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 in the golden ending, like Mitzi survives, and then it's just kind of like, well, where does that leave us? I guess. But um, yeah. Well, spoiler we alert: actually not she fo- ends up dying later because she's at Burnhouse Lane. So, mm-hmm. well, but I'm saying like the, these games follow the canon ending because yeah, it mm-hmm. do- it doesn't really make sense if you know Mitzi's in Burnhouse Lane if you've just played the Cat Lady and you get the golden ending and Mitzi is alive. Um, I think the game's intentionally supposed to be like, yeah, Mitzi's always supposed to die of brain cancer, but she goes to Burn House Lane. Mm-hmm. Um, which the cold. She's not actually Mitzi in exactly. Burn House Lane. She's the girl. And I'm like, she's wearing the sweater. Yeah, <laughs> she's Mitzi. She asked well, me what my favorite vegetable is. And like yeah. one of my favorite things in this whole game that they do, because I think they do some really nice fan service in this game, which is cool, because I do think these are like a cult classic style game. Like if you've played the cat later, Definitely. you've likely played the other ones and like you're playing this because you've played them. Um, but they, Mitzi's audio is really different from the rest of the game and it sounds like it was recorded on like a mac Mm -hmm. laptop microphone yeah and i think that was like it was just once i heard that i was like this character is from the cat lady because she's very distinctly like that old school kind of unpolished version of these games and i think that was a nice moment that they just like left in that weird janky audio for her yeah Mm -hmm. and they gave her the pink like dialogue color and like Mm -hmm. just everything about it yeah yeah i would say okay here hear me out on this right i think the case that this is another one of these games and as such it is one of a rare breed of games one of which i probably want to play all the games of i love like i yes like agree Mm -hmm. and it's like it is weird to like rank and favorites and stuff the one criticism that i actually really do have in this game other than maybe like that it traumatized me which i think i'm not even sure if that's criticism that's just like that's just part of it um but like kalski would probably be like thank you yeah exactly don't make more of that very often <laughs> <laughs> look if there's more than one per game we're yeah. out yeah oh my <laughs> god and I'll tell you exactly what it was. It was the audio, not the visual. The visual, well, no, the visual was great, and it helped set up why the audio was just disgustingly horrible. But anyways, um, the one criticism I do have of this game is that, and I can say this in the microcosm of where I'll say it, I think it also applies to the whole in some weird way, which is just like, I think they smoothed over the edges, in some cases, like too much. Like in the puzzles like in the descriptions of the puzzles and the way they sort of walk you through them and the way people honestly even just some of the themes of the game like the way they just sort of describe it to you they just like hit you with like the exactly on the nose line of it and then sometimes even a repeating of exactly the same on the nose line of it whether it's describing where you want to where you need to go what the sequence of it is 
um it's just like there's when you think of it like a spectrum from like riddle to like i told you the walkthrough like yeah riddle to walkthrough they've like moved towards walkthrough i feel like yeah but uh, but they weren't anywhere near riddle like it turns out it's three it's actually like three prongs mm-hmm. and one of them is riddle one of them is walkthrough and one of them is ridiculous uh-huh yeah yeah <clears throat> and they moved away from ridiculous but they didn't get to riddle they were going towards walkthrough yes i actually yeah. i think i might agree with that um, i agree with degree. that a lot and i still think that i was disappointed by the puzzles in this game and i guess i'm not sure this is supposed to be a puzzle game so maybe i have like no right to be disappointed in them because i think james is right i think they're moving towards like it's a walkthrough and like you kind of have to think about this a little bit but not really um but yeah i was like their puzzles where the the solution is like walk forward yeah i mean basically or would like you know we would bump into something like early in the game there was a code for like a door or i don't know what it was i can't i I have it in my notes but i don't know what it was for but it was like these dots it was like a dot configuration and basically Mm. like we wrote it down in our notes we like remember what it was and then when you went to the actual thing it just showed you what the answer was like it was on the screen right with it right or um Mm. yeah there were some moments where angie just like told you exactly what to do like very clearly like i should put the key in the whatever or like something like that Mm -hmm. um and I guess at least for me, like, I, I I, think I would guess that that might be in response to the fact that the puzzles in the previous games were obtuse at best. A disaster. Best. Yeah. Like, on a disaster. The, mm-hmm. in, in James, yeah, yeah, in James's words, which I think is good. I think that's a good description. Like, they were ridiculous. Like, what mm-hmm. do you do with gloves in a toilet? That, that, that puzzle in the original game made mm-hmm. no sense. Mm-hmm. So in this game, it for, did make sense. For context sense. for people that never played the Cat Lady, and I don't blame you. Um mm-hmm. I do. <laughs> Some people on this podcast love the cat lady, and I'm not one of them. Um, mm-hmm. There's a pu- there's a puzzle where you're trying to escape from an insane asylum, and you you have to sneak past the nurse booth, right? Um, in order to like steal some files about another patient, I think it is, and. Um, on the other side of the ward from the nurse booth is a toilet and a bathroom and you can interact with a few things in there i believe um and there's like a few other things you can interact with in the ward and you find some like surgical gloves and the solution to the puzzle is that you stuff the sh- surgical gloves down the toilet and flush it right <laughs> to um it to clog it and mm-hmm. then the nurse has to leave the nurse station to go deal with this clogged toilet and while the nurse is away you can go and steal the documents um which is a solution that no human being would think of <laughs> it sounds not that crazy when you say it but trust me and i love that game when you are there what the fuck <laughs> like and, and so we, zoe zoe like, was watching you... mccoy and gabe yeah complete this <laughs> gabe who uh if if you're relatively new here uh you will meet uh next week sick um yeah uh and and she <laughs> she had to guide them slightly with the and what can you do with gloves in a toilet 
Yeah. Which is an infamous line that we love to quote because it's it's insane. It's insane. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, I wish the puzzles had hit a better note in between that, right? Like the ridiculous and the full walkthrough. And I think they did occasionally. Like, I don't think that all the puzzles were even throughout the whole game. Like there were a couple puzzles that that we would solve that I was like, oh, that felt like we solved a puzzle. Like it felt good to do it. Um, and yeah, like McCoy, like you solved one at the very end. About the flaming axe. Yeah, like hitting, yeah, the flaming yeah. axe one. Like I, I mm. thought the, yeah. that was clever because that one, you know, yeah. that that one isn't immediately yeah. apparent. Right. But it felt like towards yeah. the end they got there. Wait, hear me out on this. Hear me out on this. I, I'm thinking about this more and like I'm wondering how the factors are playing out because it's like, is it possible that we were all sort of trained on the like obtuse nature Mm-hmm. of this game and we're all like sort of <laughs> i mean i certainly wasn't but everyone else was on their best behavior to solve this shit and then we came group playthrough style where we have a lot more power you know what i'm saying because if you were a single person playing this game might you miss things a little bit more might it be a little bit more complicated from a puzzle standpoint and might it have just been like more balanced i guess you know than really having us all don't hit it? think so yeah I'm i don't James. think so because <clears throat> there's one there's one thing i was watching uh day nine who mccoy introduced me to probably more than 10 years ago yep more than 10 years ago shout out to day nine shout out to day nine he was talking about a puzzle game that he was playing i mean issue that that a lot of puzzle games have um which is where they show you the they give you the key before you see the lock <clears throat> And when they give you the key before you see the lock, you're kind of, it it doesn't give you a sense of wonder of like, how am I going to open this or what am I going to do with this? It's a sense of confusion of like, like, what is this thing? Why is it giving me this? And then you discover the lock and you're like, oh, okay. Like it's for the lock. But the problem is that when you have the key and, and you find the lock, there's no sense of satisfaction of opening the lock um, because it's just done already because you already have the key. So what puzzle games should do is show you the lock and have you wonder of like, how do I open this and like explore a couple of options. And then through that exploring, you find the key and then you're able to open the lock and then you get that sense of satisfaction and either that's your own thinking or through like searching in somewhere or whatever. Um, and mm-hmm. I think a lot of what this game did was it, it gave you the keys. If that makes sense. Yeah. And I feel like like even going back to that puzzle that McCoy solved at the very end, like that was a puzzle where we had the lock and McCoy, you figured out what the, like the metaphorical lock, obviously, like we needed to get past, we need to kill that spider. We couldn't figure out how to do it until you figured out. Had the key. What the key was. Yeah. What the key was. Oh, what the key was. Yeah. I like we had seen the, the problem. Yeah. And then we had to kind of like backpedal to figure out how to solve it. And I think that does, I think that's true that that does feel better than just like, because I also think, I think, McCoy, you're right in the way that we had been trained on these games that whenever we saw something that was interactable, we're like, okay, let's use every item in our inventory on it because who the fuck knows what's going to work. Yeah. yeah. Which is something that I do think we learned from, like, I, mean, I remember playing Lorelei and it was just like, okay, we've hit a door. Let's try the gloves. Let's try the deagle bullet. Let's try it because you kind of never knew what bizarre thing was going to work. 
So I think there was like some element of that in this game, but I do think there was also some like very much like, and this is the answer. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. You don't know what the question is, but this is the answer. Yeah. Yeah. Like one really specific example of that is the, um, the weird flesh blob creature. Mm hmm that you just like find and it's like really obviously going to be important in like five minutes. And then five minutes later, it's important in some like totally bizarre way. (laughs) You know what I mean? And it's like, that's Mm -hmm. funny. Like that's, it's amusing the way that that, that played out, Mm -hmm. but it's not, it's not a satisfying puzzle. Yeah. And I, I wonder if it is really, really a puzzle game, especially this one. Like, it almost feels like that's just the way you crank the gears yeah. in this game. Oh, for sure. And yeah. maybe that's not even necessarily, like, a bad thing. I just, like, it might just be, like, part of what it is. And certainly, hey, say what you will, the pacing is probably better in this game. Although, that's something that, like, I just personally, like, I personally rail against the modern narrative that, like, things that are smoother are better paced. Because, like, part of what I loved about the Cat Lady was was how long it was in between the moments in a way because i was like fucking up the puzzle so bad like and then so then like when you got the next bit of story you were like fuck like i was like really paying attention to it but Mm. but i don't know like because i was i think yeah yeah i think i think that things that are smoother are easier to pace definitely but i don't Mm -hmm. i don't know if easier equals better you know yeah and like so it's just interesting because like because like you got to understand there's modern narratives in video games that I wonder, like, I wonder if they're true, like things like you need to have stuff that's bite sized. You know what I mean? Like the the more bite sized, the better. Like we're definitely going towards like pick up and play on your phone is the best. I mean, obviously not for a game like this, but you just wait. Um, I mean, because, for example, this one did three hour chunks excellently for chapters, which is like one of those things where you're like, whoa, that was kind of like flawless Mm -hmm. when it comes to that aspect of it, which as a playthrough people we're fucking thankful for. Um, Yeah. And worked fine for pacing, but it's just interesting because there's clearly more attention to that, like, really tune it. And so then things start to be a bit samey from a pace perspective, I would say, because they're so tuned and so, like, regimented. Um, And so, like, I think this is just, like, the long way of me saying, like, some of the jank that people point at and go, like, that's bad, I actually like. Like, weird pacing Mm. or, like, fucking weird peak mics or just you know, really obtuse shit or... Well, it's interesting because I think you like it. It, Like, you've run into some of those things in other games and you have not liked it. Like, you've played other games with bad audio in them and that you fucking hated that. Sure. Or you've played other games with bad pacing that you didn't like. I I think there was something about the original Cat Lady and its art and its vibe that, like, made it so that you both accepted and embraced all of these things. But I don't yeah. think you can say that they are always good because they're yeah. clearly not. Like, they can be huge faults. Like, well, really yeah. bad audio can really fuck a game up. Totally. And I think and that's it, kind of where yeah. I come at this this problem is, like, I I really think my overall philosophy in game design is that rules are always wrong sometimes. That's how I would put it. That's so practical. That's yeah. so usable. No, game developers take note. 
It's just that, like, I I don't think anything can fully be set into a rule. Like, for example, like, I I think it's sort of the Dark Souls problem where people are like, I like a game that doesn't hold my hand and that's hard and that, like, has all these things going on. And then, you know, you guys have seen, like, people talk about the game grumps for this exact criticism that you're talking about, Mm -hmm. Elena, where, like, then all of a sudden they say that and then they, like, fucking hate some game that's, you know, not holding their hand and then they miss the tutorial because they didn't give a fuck. But the thing is, I think the difference is you are awarded more liberty creatively and in your game design based on buy-in from the the player. Yep. Mm-hmm. So if your game sucks, you can't do any of this. It better be fucking amazing to, and easy to play and it better be short and it better be this and it better be that and I better play through it immediately and it better not have any rough edges. But if your game is awesome and that's like an eye of the beholder thing, then I think they're kind of hanging on everything you do a little better. All of a sudden your pacing can hit differently or more powerful and it can be weird off tempo. So it's tough. Um, but yeah. I think that's what happened here is I bought in to like the cat lady, for example. And so I was just down with the fucking, the jank. I was just down with the jank. Cause it's just like, to me, I was trying to like, yeah, I was trying to feel the artistic vision through it. Whereas here, I think, it's less jank and I have personally loved comparing those two and watching the journey. Um, I guess all I'm just saying is just, I think it was a bit on the nose at, at times, a bit on the nose at times. I would pull it back. I think they've made it smooth enough now that they should get a little bit more mysterious. Get a, with like their themes or their puzzles, get a little bit harder, not just harder, but more like just, just, a, just pull it back a little bit. You want a little bit more of the ridiculous. Maybe a little more of the riddle. I think, yeah, I, I, I totally see where you're coming from. And while I didn't have that experience with the cat lady myself, um, I, I literally just listened to a podcast um, of uh, uh, Rick Rubin, legendary producer, music producer Rick Rubin, talking about the creative process in the book that he just wrote. And there's a quote from the book, which is that a song with five mistakes isn't finished but a song with eight mistakes maybe (laughs) um and the point of the 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 discussion there is that um not add mistakes to your creative work but um the pursuit of perfection isn't actually like the pursuit isn't actually what you want it's the pursuit Mm -hmm. of achieving a creative um work of art that shows the humanity and the like the the soul that will that comes through um and if if that works then the mistakes don't matter and like you were able to tap into that and the cat lady and it was it really worked for you and so the mistakes didn't like the issues with the audio weren't issues so much as like ways for you to see the soul kind of, Mm -hmm. or not, not problems in the way of that. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah. And, um, I see that. I, I, I'm, I'm glad that you had that experience. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Um, (laughs) and, uh, I think I think in this game I I do see where you're coming from that that like 
the the next game could use more more puzzle less walkthrough mm-hmm. um but like don't don't go back to ridiculous like like study puzzle design you know like yeah, yeah it's almost like it's a little bit of an overcorrection. like clearly there was correction here and it's just i don't like, know i mean i think i like yes maybe but also like it didn't i don't think it I I think I prefer this to what to what he was doing before a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, totally. I think it was a step in the right direction. Um for the most part um where you're not like just exploring like pixel hunting, clicking on everything to try and find the the interactable that you need to like rub everything in your inventory against. Mm-hmm. Um like not having to do that as much is good. Um and uh so so I didn't really have a problem with with the way that he did it in this game. Um Yeah. It feels like it's better to you. Yeah. You know? Yes. And I yeah. think I think I'm hardcore like in my own way. And it's not that James isn't hardcore, but he's hardcore in his own way. And like I I think about um elder scrolls actually is the most classic example of this phenomenon that i'm going to talk about but it's like wait what elder scrolls okay i thought you were trying to say elden ring you just really fucked up no (laughs) yeah no elder scrolls the series because i think of like i came in at oblivion and to me that was like beautifully deep and beautifully open world and it gave me this incredible like thirst for more depth in that world and that universe and then they came out with skyrim afterwards and skyrim was less deep and more streamlined and more mainstream and so for me it was like a disappointment but it was like the most successful game ever right like it's like it hit mm-hmm. the widest audience ever it's and so many people love everywhere. that totally right exactly that shit but then what's interesting is that i've known plenty of people that are older than me that came in at um daggerfall morrowind baby. Mm-hmm. Morrowind. Oh, Dagger, well, Morrowind oh yeah, yeah, sorry. So I should Oblivion. I should say Morrowind first. Yeah. So Morrowind's the one up, uh, before Oblivion, right? And then yeah. they looked at Oblivion as an oversimplification of Morrowind, which was more complicated because they kept removing systems that were like cool but complicated and arcane to work with. And so then they like what was left, they streamlined and made better. But then they took away stuff ultimately, and they kept marching this way from two to three to four, four being Skyrim. And so they like marched this way and each time they reached a wider and wider and wider audience. And as far as I can tell, disappointed the people previous in a way, but then found more people. And so I think this is what I've I've been trying to say to them as I say openly out loud in my kitchen where there's no microphone and no way they're listening for so many years. And Elena can attest to this, that like I really hope the next Skyrim game in, in Elder Scrolls understands that you don't need to go to a wider audience now. You need to have, you have a wide audience that understands your system. They want more of that, potentially even deeper. Now don't overwhelm them, but you want to go deeper so that they have more to sink their teeth into because they understand the base game now. You can make the, the trees deeper. You can make whatever. And so I think that's just like me here as well in a, almost in a way it's like it's it's like more a mainstream friendly game and as a result like james likes this one maybe for the first time or likes it more at least for the most first time in the series and yet for me 
I'm like sitting there going like, yeah, but like I liked the bullshit and the jank and like to me that was deep and so I don't know. I feel like it's kind of like that. Yeah, I mean, because keep in mind that this this game is the first that's not in that trilogy saga. Mm-hmm. Like this mm-hmm. is, I guess, Mikulski's first game that is, though it has references, it is separate from his previous three games. And so I... I mean, I'm putting words in Mikulski's mouth, I guess, at this point. But, like, I do wonder how much of it was also, like, I want to introduce more people to my games, and I need to make the puzzles more streamlined this way. Yeah. Um, may- like, maybe that was his thought process with it, you know, in addition to improving art or audio or whatnot. And probably successful at that, I would imagine. Like, I can see that as a goal, and I would imagine it's successful. I'm just... Look, I'm this. I'm also the guy who was like, Valorant Esports was better before Riot made a league. Like, you know what I mean? I just like the fucking jank <laughs> shit. I just like the, like, OG jank shit. And so I feel like this game has actually, obviously, quite a bit of that, especially if you compare this to modern games. But, but for instance, like, I would want this process to stop, I think. Like, I don't know if I want, like, Armakulski to go work at a AAA game studio and have, like... No, I don't think he ever will. No. I mean, because I, I think as much as we're talking about maybe him, like, I don't, it's almost like you're, like, considered, like, he's, like, compromising his artistic vision to make it more mainstream, but I really don't think that he has. Mm-hmm. Like, this no. game yeah, I, I reads that. very Mikulski to me. Like, I think overall, like, the story and the kind of, like, vibe I think I said it in the last podcast, but, like, I think this is what he was going for the whole time, and he's now kind of achieving it with the production value he wanted to. Like, the the puzzles are one thing, and you can argue, like, I think probably people complained about them in the past games because they were ridiculous. And so I think that's probably what he's correcting for is, like, oh, let's maybe not do that again. Um, but I, I don't even know if this game is more mainstream than the other ones. Like, it's still pretty bizarre. Mm-hmm. Still very fucked up. Mm-hmm. There are deeply traumatic and um controversial topics in it mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. very mikulski it is very it's very bizarre like the story is super dark and like weird and doesn't always hang together and like deals with hell and like the in-between and like all, all of that to me is super mikulski and like super not mainstream i guess i don't know like it's still... you've got a guy that's like fucking feeding his girlfriends and mm-hmm. making them over yeah like that to me is like peak mikulski right there i'm like yes it makes sense that this guy would have a girlfriend that he's overfeeding and she's gone feral mm-hmm. yep yeah that makes complete sense and i think destiny. one of the things that always strikes me about these games is like a lot of it is never explained never tied in it just is it just exists so it's like these just vignettes of just bizarro worlds like that mm-hmm. whole <clears throat> chapter that we played in this half of the game where you're on that cruise sh- the wax museum cruise ship mm-hmm. and there's that creature like none yep. of that ties into the story as far as i can tell at all it is just yep. there as a thing that you do as this like i almost it almost feels like like he had a, like mikulski had a dream and he's like i'm putting this in the game it <laughs> is like sort of like standalone and that's just the vibe yeah you just get on board and because it goes from that you're on a cruise ship with wax people and you solve all that and like there's a creature who's turning people into wax statues and it's a whole thing and then you like keep going in that same section you're in 
like an insane asylum with wax statues. Like again, like the whole thing at no point does this story or game like fully fit together. And that to me is also very like Mikulski-esque and not means it's just, it, it never really makes sense. And you sure. just have to be okay with that. Yeah. I like that stuff. No, I know you do. Yeah. I'm just yeah. saying like, he's still doing that. I think that to me is like the core part of these games is like the dark themes the kind of like hell bargaining sort of aspect is always there in his games. And then just like the bizarro worlds vignette type situations. Mm-hmm. And all of that is still really there. It's just the production value is bumped up. And yeah, the puzzles maybe got easier. <laughs> sure. And they're yeah. like probably bigger sequences. It's interesting. Like the boat sequence in the wax museum or whatever was like a fucking like it's a sequence like it's a it's a yeah it's a vignette and a half the thing is like okay the one thing that i feel like they really didn't bring over from cat lady that i sort of expected them to is they didn't bring over as much revenge porn mm. do you know what i'm saying the like hmm. intense nearly orgasmic build-up to killing the person that has oppressed you this whole time to like freeing all of the tension on your shoulders and like the weight of, of that oppression just picking it up and dropping it on the person who put it there and like that part, I don't know. It's just what it is. Like, I think that's like a central theme in the previous games and it does exist here a little bit, but it was like, it was the sting for the Cat Lady games in a strange way that I feel like the vignettes got longer and bigger and awesome. And then like the end of it was like different. Like the end of the sequence was all like a little bit different and not mm-hmm. that sort of way. I mean, some of it was hilarious. I mean, we saw like motherfuckers like running through walls. That shit was so funny. Like <laughs> yeah. so funny. It's true. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I mean, yeah. You, yeah, you become like a little googly-eyed chainsaw. You know, you you take on chainsaw lady and chase that wax figure guy. We call them the curator in our playthrough, but mm-hmm. we chase the curator through and there's some epic like chainsaw, you know, motion at the end. I mean, keep in mind also, like, Cat Lady's premise was definitely just, like, find five bad people, kill five bad people. Mm -hmm. And then Burnhouse Lane, as much as we thought at the beginning that it was going to be, like, oh, we're going to hunt down five evil people again, it was the only, the the hunting down the evil people was just the first task. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other tasks were different. And I can maybe understand why... Mikulski felt like he couldn't, you know, do a repeat of that. Because, I mean, yeah, I mean, I feel like re- the revenge porn is part of, like, what makes the cat lady fun is, you know, you, either you're crafting weapons to kill a, you know, psychotic doctor who is making corpses into art, or you mm-hmm. are donning a, a gas mask and wielding a shotgun and killing an exterminator who is wants to eat you for dinner. Like, I feel like there's a lot of like those, yeah, like weird, like kind of almost like finishing lines that you can give a lot of uh, antagonists in the cat lady. And yeah, they have that somewhat in Burnhouse Lane. However, it is more few and far between. You know, there is Father Rob. Now, granted, Father Rob, we elected not to do our right. revenge porn mm-hmm. for that because I think we were just so shell shocked. <laughs> <So traumatized. laughs> we were just like, we were just told the burn cat, yeah. like, yeah, you, you, you just do whatever you want. We, we don't know. <laughs> like, and then maybe there's the, you know, the weird curator character who's, you know, bashing through walls and being more hilarious than 
maybe intended i don't know i think it was i think it's gotta be intentional oh no this guy this guy has comedic timing straight up you see it a bunch of times throughout the series you've seen it since the beginning and it is just like it's almost like it goes by after because the tone is just so fucked for so long that you're you just see the funny moment and it's like this break of pace and you're just sort of like was that a mirage yeah, like was I that was, a flicker in the you know i was just like the word comedic relief like really works for this game because it is relief like it's everything is so fucked up and it's it's scary there are jump scares it's just bizarre and disturbing and then there's just like this moment of like oh my god did that just really happen um yeah. and it's 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 relief you get to laugh for a minute before you go back to being chased by a chainsaw lady in hmm. in I guess in contrast to relief, I think one thing that Mikulski is excelling at more is his, like, uh, I guess jump scare stings is what I'll call it. Um, Now, granted, when you first launch this game, it asks you to wear headphones. And we've talked already about how the audio in this game is, you know, Mm -hmm. loads better than in the previous games. But I would say, like, he's clearly been studying, like, the blade the art yeah. of tension and yeah the blade too probably <laughs> <laughs> but, okay. uh, but um but like one thing i'm thinking of is like for instance when you first discovered jeremy the pig and all you do is you just walk towards him but then the camera just zooms in there's suddenly this piano like sting and jeremy makes this hideous squealing noise to the point like we, we jumped we were like yeah oh my god yeah. like that's terrifying yeah. or i think one of the jump scares that like I'm someone who does not like to be jump scared all that much, but one that actually like did scare me, but then scared me to the point of laughing at myself afterwards was when we were hiding from uh, Walter Green in the woods. Mm -hmm. And then there's this like segment where you have to chop through like three walls while you're trying to like juggle going back and hiding behind the tree as he, you know, passes by on his next route. And the very last door, they purposely make it just a little bit further than normal. And like, you know, you can hear his voice coming up as you're chopping through. And immediately once you get through, you're already kind of tensed up because you can hear his, you know, Walter Green's breath coming closer and closer. And then you get through and you're like, whew, we made it. And then he makes the rocks fall under, like right behind. Oh, and he yeah. makes these loud crashing mm-hmm. noises. And you're already like, I guess... It might be different as the player, but it's like I was already so tense because I'm spamming the space bar, just being like, chop faster, chop faster, goddammit. And then just to have that tension suddenly culminate in just the rock fall behind you. Like, I I've literally was terrified, but then like as soon as it happened, I was just like laughing because I'm just like, Jesus, that's good. Like... I, I think I think he did an excellent job at all of that. Definitely. And that's been there forever. Like, because that is like spiritually part of the same talent, I would say, that led to like, I forget exactly like the sequence, but in the Cat Lady, where it's just like the beginning where they hit the fucking music stinger to just like sort of launch mm-hmm. you into that game. Like, that's just such an understanding of where you mm-hmm. are in that exact moment. And then just like somehow taking you on a ride, like a fucking roller coaster. So definitely definitely and and that's where all the humor comes from it's that same understanding of like pacing and just he's got great timing just over like all kinds of timing he clearly understands yeah (laughs) like and like i i i I don't know it's like 
I think he does a lot of things to fuck with you. Like where the UI is all different all the time and you're just like, what the fuck's going on? And I don't know if this is intentional or not, but sometimes you'll just like load into an area and it'll just be dark for like a little bit longer and you're just like, oh, what yeah. the fuck is happening? What was that? That's I wouldn't be surprised that's intentional. past playthrough. Well, because every time you load in after a save, like you're sitting there smoking and it makes this super intense like noise when you do it. That is to me very startling. And I swear to God, in one of like the latest, like the one of the last chapters, that he black screens it just slightly longer than usual to catch you off guard. Either it. that or it's just like <laughs> Zoe's computer needed more time, but I don't know. I'm on to him. Yeah. But I think that's just like that's the level that he's on, though. Like clearly, like very, very talented and has been since the very beginning and is and is honing so much of that. And you see that here and like dude i definitely agree it's just interesting because like a lot of that stuff existed like there's honing and then there's like innate talent and i think this guy has a lot of innate talent and he's also honing do you know what i'm saying but like a lot of this was present like at the very beginning if you just look through the jank but i think zoe's right like it's really cool to have now played the all of his games and like be able to see the progression as he's gotten better because he has like even in the cat lady if you look through all the jank He's, I think it's still better here. A lot of it. Like yeah. the timing, the comedy. Like I think a lot of it's coming together along with the production value, which he's clearly gotten better at. Like I think yeah. you can just I see him the, grow. The hilarious part is uh, I was just going through Mikulski's Twitter today because he posted the uh, the screenplay of what Burn House yeah. was supposed to be originally. Did you read some of it? But Wait, <laughs> I after, did. After. Um, but one of his tweets as I was trying to find the screenplay was him being like, it's been 10 years, but I'm going to play the cat lady for the first time, like in a long time. And then he's like live tweeting himself playing. And he's like, Jesus, why did I make some of these decisions? Like yeah. this game is jank. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, ah, yeah. the creator is, the creator gets uh, confronted with his own art. It's beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. That is. Yeah. Yeah. It's been wild to be on the journey. Oh, sorry. Sorry, like really brief side note, Zoe. So I found when I was looking for something else, we were trying to look something up about this game. Um, and I found that screenplay and read some of it afterwards. And it's if if anyone has, if you're listening to this because you're a super fan of Mikulski and you've played Burnhouse Lane and you haven't seen this yet, it's really interesting to go back and read the screenplay. It's not that long. Um and see like how much changed and how much stayed the same throughout as he like made it into a game apparently this is the first time he's ever actually written the like the screenplay before making Mm -hmm. the game so usually he just like goes for it and this one he wrote out first um so it's really interesting interesting to like see which pieces stay the same and which pieces change and like what he was originally imagining and going for and then um to see the different endings and how he described them i thought it was really cool so mm-hmm. if you're a super fan, go check it out. It's on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah, I think one of the one of the changes I thought was interesting. Um, so and and we kind of talked, I guess, before about this, but like a lot of a lot of characters, um, I guess, like secondary characters in Mikulski's games, maybe besides like the you know, a character like Mitzi, who, like, is a stranger who shows up and becomes a friend. Like, a lot of the characters related to, I guess, the protagonist are all assholes, Mm -hmm. in a way. Mm -hmm. Like, Susan, you have her, like, 
her husband who gets really upset and becomes a drunk. Now, granted, it's because, you know, they accidentally killed her baby, I guess. Um, but I, I did think it was interesting. So James. Shout out. <laughs> Burnhouse Lane James. Not, not, not <laughs> me. Thumbs not James. Me, not me. <laughs> um, I was about to say <laughs> Mass Effect James because that's just <laughs> the best. But um, no, but uh, James in Burnhouse Lane was originally supposed to be an asshole mm-hmm. to Angie. Um, you know, he was just going to be another one of those, like, people that just, you know, divorces Angie, and he just ends up being just another headache in her life. And I thought it was an interesting change that they have decided to make, I guess, a more supportive character. Now, granted, James is dead at the beginning of Burnhouse Lane, and we don't see him pretty much at all, except for one very poignant scene, um... But I just thought that was interesting that, like, he decided to maybe switch it up and actually, like, offer a little bit of, like, solace in Angie's life to give her, like, good memories of what life was um, and whatnot. You know what it's fucking like, dude? It's what? fucking like that game that we played that we had that epic podcast on that had, like, all the crazy voices, like, around Cinema in Sacrifice. It's like Cinema Sacrifice a bit. Mm. He doesn't play as much of like a role in your head as but like he does still play that role um and and he shows up like yeah obviously in that big scene but like he shows up occasionally other places just like this voice or something else and it's just that um that kind and supportive like like male like figure husband person trying to help her get through just the, the hard shit that's in front of her yeah, it's an interesting character that, I mean, I don't know. I just saw the parallels like that, so. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. I think while we're talking about characters, one thing I wanted to say because that I personally like about these games and about his choices is that, um, I, in my opinion, the protagonist, like the main characters are not likable. Like, I think someone was saying earlier, oh, yeah. like, you're kind of forced, you're, you can't, it's not an RPG, like you can't make choices where you're like, oh, I'm well, it is be... an RPG. Is it? You're yeah, you're just forced to play the role that he gives you. Okay, so it's a role playing game, but you can't change. You like, basically you can't change who you are as a character you as can't a person. Choose the role that you're playing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So like, Angie's a bitch. Mm-hmm. She's so nasty <laughs> to people. Like all of the. Ev- There's so many times during this playthrough where like we were trying to figure out like how do we not say this one line that the game or like how do we not say any of these lines right um because they're just like nasty to other people and like susan was not a likable character okay am i remembering this correctly like susan was grumpy Mm -hmm. and this lady is a bitch is that is that fair to like that's yeah yeah. susan susan was definitely like the cantankerous like middle-aged woman who didn't want to get close to people and kept people at an arm's length and you know called herself a cat lady you know hence the name of the video game Mm -hmm. um and yeah angie yeah i agree like angie is definitely more definitely more judgmental uh just in the sense that like basically it's like you look at Kieran and you look at guns and then suddenly you get this line that's like, you gun fanatic, blah, blah, blah. And you're just like, Jesus, I don't want to say this, Angie. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a little harsh, right? We haven't even talked to this guy. Or like, yeah. or like Kieran will be like, hi, Angie, how's your day? And it'd be like, 
it's good, fatso. And we're like, we don't want to say that. that. What the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) But that's obviously obviously an over-exaggeration. But that's what it felt like at times, where it's just like she was approached with kindness and you could respond with something especially crude. Yeah. 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 Or or she would just, or she would force a comment into a line that didn't seem like a bitchy line. She would force a comment into after, so she'd say exactly the line. Like, you're like, you click on ABC, and she goes, ABC, you cunt. And you're like, oh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or like the person will leave the room, and she'd be like, that person sucks. And you'd be like, no. But, but I actually just, I don't know. Although, honestly, like, fuck it. Listen, Mikalski, listen. Make one game. I know this is like a large commitment, especially as they're getting larger and bigger and amazing. But make one game where you just have this like crazy innocent lovely angelic fucking protagonist and just see if it's weird as fuck just like write that because i feel like that's oh i think okay so i think that's kind of that's kind of what i'm i'm thinking about here is like i really liked this sort of return to form and now i kind of want to see different like i want to i'm now excited about the next game to see like okay you've got like modern everything and you went back to the cat lady but like what what's the direction from here like like what's the weird change up you know what i mean i feel like there could be a weird change up here no yeah Hmm. it's interesting i I think parts of this will always be but this game is different i mean one of my points is i think that he did kind of an okay job to like okay to good job at making a dis a protagonist that i disliked Mm -hmm. um what do you call it empathetic like, in mm-hmm. the end, you kind of feel for her. You're like, yeah. oh, man, yeah, we're going to smoke this cigarette ourselves. And it's like, that's a bummer. Um, but yeah. we're like, we're making the right choice. You know what I mean? Like, I, I thought that by the end, I was like, oh, yeah, she's all right. I mean, not all right. Like, I didn't like her, but I was empathetic to her situation, which is a little bit different from the other ones. And this one, too, had, yeah, like you were saying, like, it not there's, like, no revenge porn happening here. Like, there's no, it does have a different vibe. But at the same time, I think a lot of, like, the core Mikulski themes will always be there. Maybe. Well, and I wonder, because ultimately, I mean, we say there's no revenge porn in here. However, you can play the game very revenge-like if you decide to perhaps give the cigarette to Jenny, for instance. Yeah, that's true. Right? But that's not, re- I mean, that, like, maybe that's revenge porn. That's like is. bitch I mean, porn. She was not that's nice like bitch ass. porn. That's not revenge porn. <laughs> it's not like she, like, fucking but, killed. But you could, you could play it very Pettily, yes, yes. I guess you know if if you really wanted to be petty, and, and that's definitely what it feels like is very petty. I mm-hmm. I watched a a bad ending playthrough today just to see what that looked like, and the person doing the playthrough was just like, I know I was trying to be petty, but this is awful. Yeah, fuck. exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, because it takes it a little bit out of your control at some point. Like you kind of like you know what I mean. Like they it just these characters kind of go, and so like we already had the pettiness creep in, so it's got to be worse. I was curious though. um did you watch Golden Ending stuff? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. So I I've, I've watched all the other two endings. Um, we actually, so like I said, we weren't far off of the gold ending actually mm-hmm. on our own playthrough. Okay. Um, the key to the golden ending that we obviously failed at was that Arno died. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, Except that that shit's convoluted as fuck. Right. Yeah. I was gonna say. I think the the discovery that Arno secretly idolizes Walter Green, and then also that the person that's actually stalking you in the woods is not Walter Green, but actually Sheila, Walter Green's daughter, who is simply trying to do a lot of, uh, 
I want to say witchcraft, but like do, doing a lot of a, a lot of rituals to try to resurrect her father yeah, yeah, is yeah, essentially yeah, yeah. what Sheila is trying to do. And um, and we never ended up getting like we we didn't use the cat power on Arno to discover what uh, Walter Green's secret was. So when we were in control of Arno and got to confront Sheila ourselves. Um, you know, because we never revealed that dialogue, Arno just ended up getting his heart ripped out and eaten, unfortunately. Yeah, that was a bummer for him. Um, okay, wait, wait, wait. You probably told me this already, but what was the secret that he fucking knew that he never got a chance th- to that, say? So the, the secret was that that's not Walter So he Green, knew that it wasn't Walter Green. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. Yeah, he knew that it was Sheila all along. And um, what ends up happening in the golden playthrough is that uh arno will could like he convinces sheila to basically let everyone go and then he himself takes on sheila's persona in the woods um because he like idolizes sheila and like wants to be just like him which we kind of got that kind of obsessive vibe i guess from arno there's definitely something wrong with him sounds hardly golden Um, ending if you ask me like well, so, but then at the very end, when those thugs are in the lab uh, and they have captured us, um, when we go out into the garden with Johnny and then we knock Johnny out and we come back, Arno is in the house. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, then Angie tells Arno, listen, like, there's a really bad guy in the lab right there. Can you please take care of him? Arno goes in and stabs the thug and the thug starts dying on the wall and you can give your cigarette to the dying Uh thug Hmm. and that will save you and and like the burn can't kind of hints at this too where it's like you could just give it to a really evil yeah i guess and so um so that essentially in giving a cigarette as like a last like weird sort of like olive branch holding out to a guy who's already dying you know you seal his fate that way you live you get to live happily ever after with george in the farmhouse um you know forever and always etc no matter what jenny always ends up going Mm -hmm. yeah i mean the golden ending is that angie lives she continues to live angie lives george lives um that's the main two things because the other alternatives are are angie lives george dies or angie dies george lives so you get the both of them living i guess in the golden ending i don't think Um, that ending is better though i mean i guess it depends on how you want to play the story like i i i would say our neutral ending of angie smoking the cigarette herself and george kind of like remembering her fondly at the farmhouse like I like that ending. Mm-hmm. I, I thought it was very sad, but like, I don't know. I think we all kind of interpreted it as like, Angie got to like do a little bit of living and now she's like accepted her fate and she's, you know, yeah. she's okay to do this besides like letting, you know, letting a decision of giving a living person the cigarette like that weigh on her conscience, which is what happens in the bad ending. She gives it to Jenny and then she's like wrecked with guilt. Yeah. And moves out of the farmhouse back into her apartment and, like, lives a very sad, solitary life. Yeah. She, like, calls the farmhouse to 
visit George for a weekend, only to discover that George died in a fire that broke out from the lab in the basement. Jesus. Like it's that's it's awful. pretty bad. <laughs> yep, that's a bad ending. That's just yeah. That's like comedically bad. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I just I don't know. I don't think that to me. Um, giving the cigarette to somebody, even an evil person is like good. Like doesn't, I don't know, like poetic justice. Good. I don't know. It feels like, I don't know, maybe. So I was thinking this earlier in the conversation, um, uh, that, I think part of the reason that the cat lady didn't sit well with me is that like, I just don't get off on revenge porn. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so like it never gave me satisfaction to be like, I'm killing an evil man. Like mm-hmm. in, in that way. Um, so there was, there was just no, there was no, as, as you were describing it, McCoy ecstasy in that, in that moment. It was just like, ooh, that was gross. Like that, all that felt gross. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and so if there, if uh, that like golden ending feels kind of like that similar situation to me. Um, hmm. Yeah. Well, I think the golden ending. I do. I see your point. I I feel like the golden ending in these types of games is like. Hmm. It's like the like it's fake. It's not real. Like you know it's not canon. Mm-hmm. That's like really part of it. It's like this is the ending that it just isn't real life. And I know none of this game is exactly real life, but there is like a reality that like comes through it. Like you are. But like that's not sick. my fantasy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like my fantasy isn't like everything goes perfect and like I get to live forever, you know. And someone else dies like, in your place. Yeah. And somebody else dies in my place. Like even if they're evil. Like that's just not my fantasy. Yeah. You know. And so like the the golden ending like to me like has connotations of like if everything goes perfectly, you know. Mm-hmm. And like in this case, it's more like if you do if you jump through all the hoops in the right order, which it is in every game, really. Um, like then, then something else happens, but there's no like, I don't know, moral carrot on the stick to try and do that. Like for me, yeah, I do. I I do like the description of it that Zoe and McCoy have been saying of like it's not real because I do think like yeah, yeah, I mean I agree and all the I think that the the ending that we got was like the quote unquote real ending. It's it's the real real ending, yeah. No, because like hear me out on this, all right. I'll tie this to my real life. Okay. So, you know, be wary. Um, But like, okay. So when my dad was in the hospital, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, I was sitting there and it was just like, it was like this otherworldly, like, I mean, it's kind of like a cat lady experience, obviously not that crazy. And I wasn't just like walking around killing people, but like. Clogging toilets. Exactly. Yeah, I get exactly. it. I get yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like it did, I mean, it was the strangest experience of my adult life by like not even close. Like it just was such a surreal, surreal is the word mm-hmm. I want to use. Like surreal, not real, but surreal experience. And it was like, it was like 
that all the doctors were like diagnosing this and that. And then if we do this, then maybe this can work. And if we try this, maybe this will work. And it was just like all these interesting hoops to jump through and try to keep organized. And I'm writing down all these fucking notes and I'm trying to keep everyone involved. And there's all these different characters from throughout my dad's life that are coming through, that are talking to him, that he's talking to, they're exchanging stories. Like, it's just, it was like the most surreal experience of my life. Like it, and I see that arc here because in my mind, right? Like, there's all these hoops you can jump through and the doctor and this, that, mm-hmm. and if we do this. And in the end, nothing mattered at all. Like, he, it was just his time. Mm-hmm. Go. And, like, mm-hmm. in my fantasy of that, there's that, like, golden ending where I play all the cards right and I do the right thing and I make the right call and the doctors do this and this works and this responds to that and it all works out. And then you kind of have that sort of sunset sort of ending mm-hmm. but the reality was actually the 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 current ending the real ending here which was that like you started doing this mission to save yourself you started to do everything you could medically um you started to, to go on this like yeah this mission to kill five people and halfway through you just realize like at the end of all this work i'm presented with horrible options and reality and she just like at some point, she doesn't complete her mission because she can and it doesn't matter. And I see that so much here. And so it's just interesting to me because like that, I feel like is something that Mikulski does that I speak to is that he gets that in these really dark concepts that he touches on, at least the ones that I can identify with. I think he sees a level deeper than pretty much anything else in the video game space that I interact with. Well, okay, if we're talking about other things in the video game space, it's like 15 levels deeper. Um, yeah, you don't think Valorant hits these kinds of <laughs> That's books? true. Valorant is the darkest video game I've ever played. <laughs> Trust me now. Definitely and, the most traumatizing. And the most dark experience I've had lately was watching that fucking Brimstone play. I mean, seriously. <laughs> it was like, okay, I, listen, our moment of comedic levity that we'll put in here is just describing what the fuck happened to this Brimstone because we were sitting there and playing fucking Swift Play, which is like a short game out in Valorant. And we're sitting there and like fucking, okay, so we're starting to play and we, we've like the opponents have been getting harder. Like the games have been getting harder. We're doing our best to raise our skill level, but like it's tough. Like we had a successful night. And so then I feel like almost, it, it felt like we could have won forever that night, but then like they cranked the gears overnight or something. And all of a sudden the MMR yeah. changed and we're kind of like rusty. It's a different day, but then they, oh, the enemies are insane. And so we're sitting there and we're like playing with these people and we're trying to like coordinate with them and they're not really responding, but there's just these like little like pangs of like this person's mic as if they're typing, which happens sometimes if their push talk key is like, you know, N or something and they're typing in their chat and they're hitting N. You can even hit it from other applications. So we're just hearing little bits and pieces. It sounds like there's a person at a laptop somewhere and they're kind of breathing, but you can't really tell what the fuck is going on. And they're not really responding to us. And we just slowly come to this realization that these people are just maybe the worst players we've ever experienced, like beyond, like beyond anything you could ever experience. Like, it's like they just grab the bomb and they just sort of float into mid and just die. They just like walk it to the enemy and you're like, what? Wait. And you're trying to cover the angles that they're not, you know, cover the angles. I can't like, it's like all this shit you're trying to do. And they're just sitting there like, and, uh, and just like, and like, yeah, it's like, God, oh, and then you see them and they're just like, and so that was the thing that I think maybe we did. Okay. Before that, what we were in was we were in this clutch scenario, 3v2, right? 
and we're sitting there and we have great positions and this person just lays on the mic with, I think unintentionally, with just this horrifying screeching noise. And we were, we were, by the way, just been playing. I feel like, no, we hadn't, but like not exactly, but like we had just barely been playing Burnhouse Lane like a day ago, right? And so it's like, I'm still haunted by it. And we're hearing this like screech from this person with a bad mic, which kind of brings me back to Mikulski games. And I'm just like, what the fuck? <laughs> and it's just invading our minds. And we just instantly die. I don't think we even like fire a shot after that. They just walk out and kill all of us because we're just like, what the hell is happening? So we mute this person and then we just watch them. We just watch them play. And Elena was like, yo, the best thing I did was die and watch this person play. And we're all doing it. And it's just like, it was, I mean, it was horrific. And and some of the words that I used to describe in this playthrough, I honestly felt watching that person like demonic, like fucking, like something was just wrong. Like they were possessed. Um, but anyways, so they remind me of the same thing. So that was pretty dark. Yeah. Okay. What? Okay, wait, wait, wait. I want to uh-huh. go back to your very poignant point that you just made, which I thought was beautiful and Thank really you. sounds up this game well. But I think one of the things that I, I also liked about this game was that, because I, I think, I mean, I was the first one, I think last podcast, I was like, I figured it out, you guys. This is a shot for shot remake of Cat Lady. Like, don't worry. I know where the story is going. Like, this is exactly yeah. what it is. And I think, well, I think one, I think that's probably intentional, right? Mm-hmm. It's a little bit of a trick of like, it's going to be revenge porn. It's going to be great. You're going to like kill five people. You're going to be totally fine. Moving yeah. on. Um, but I thought like, actually, this, the, the five quests sort of story arc worked I thought pretty well in terms of like it starts out really strong as like you are gonna fix this mm-hmm. like you just got these five things they're awful right mm-hmm. like that first one was fucking horrific yeah. we almost quit the game <laughs> like it's not gonna be fun and then you meet bloody mary and she's scary as fuck and like but as they go on they increasingly become like not revenge porn not like super badass horrific they just become kind of weird and they just end up delving more into like, you just have to accept it sort of. And I think that they did kind of just walk you towards acceptance so that when you get to the end, you're like, yeah, okay, I get it. I think she hints at it at one point during the game where she's like, kind of like in a moment of like self clarity. She's like, yeah, like, I mean, I'm doing this because like a dog like told me to do it. I'm going to kill five people and it's going to save me. Like, or I'm insane. Yeah. But it's kind of like, oh, you might actually be losing it. Like, it's like, because, you know, the it's like you're talking about the vision of the five things is clear at the start and it starts to unravel towards the end. Yeah. And I guess that's kind of my question is like the first two, I remember very clearly what we were supposed to do. And then the second one, or the third one, was the third one the boat? Like what? Basically, after that, just like what the? F- the third one was the boat, but I don't, I don't remember ever being asked to go on a boat to like that's find what, the collector. Yeah, I kind of can't remember what happened. Like I guess maybe that's intentional. And like I feel, I feel my feeling is that like we kind of gradually walked this journey towards acceptance, but I don't remember what we were told to do or how some of those sequences had anything to do with that or like got me there. You know? Do you know what I mean? Like they don't yeah. go yeah. together, but somehow it worked. I, yeah, because I mean, let's see. So it was bring me an evil person, find Sheila feed bloody mary a drop oh, of blood that's what his bloody mary was third not and, second i forgot there was yeah i forgot about sheila mm-hmm. in the middle 
But yeah, the fourth one with the, you know, the person we called the curator, mm-hmm. I, I don't remember if the cat gave us a, maybe he did. I would have to go back on our playthrough. Maybe he did give us a speech that there's just this, you know, there's this per- curator because for whatever reason when we had to did. name that enemy i thought the cat had called him the curator that's what at you first. had said to us see yeah that's i what thought, I thought he too. just told us to go there i thought he was like well, just go he check might it out have just done that for all i know but yeah like definitely the boat sequence seemed to happen with no introduction and then the fifth one was mr fox which was you know introduced to us and given like a whole spiel but also mr fox Um, like was like really like fantastic abstract oh sorry sorry oh go ahead (laughs) i was just did you make a fantastic mr fox joke joke? (laughs) no and like it was a bad joke i apologize and I, i i think like it's like I'm trying. Maybe this is a clear to everyone else, but like it's not a criticism. It almost feels like I mean, maybe it is in some people's eyes, but like it feels like things unravel in the in the the latter half of the game. But maybe perhaps in an intentional way to like get you to accept. Yeah, it or to get I guess you something that's what different. I'm not really sure of. Like I feel like either my mind is kind of filling in the gaps and making it so that it makes sense to me because mm-hmm. I went on that journey myself. Or the game actually was, like, masterful and did that somehow. But my sense was that, like, the later half didn't necessarily make sense in terms of the story, but it kind of just worked out. Maybe, maybe so. I'm I'm trying to think. I, I think another part probably of what confuses us is that our trips to Burnhouse Lane kind of become more and more... Mm-hmm. I want to say random yeah where it wasn't like i think originally there was this cadence of like farmhouse task right. burn house lane farmhouse mm-hmm. task burn house lane but then starting with the bloody mary segment i mean you start dipping in and out of burn house lane like in the yeah. middle of a task all of a sudden mm. um uh, you know where you you go to the barber shop to talk to Ben at one point, and at another point you dip into Burnhouse Lane, um, and talk to Omar and go on a whole other hunting spree. And there's a chlorine puzzle that you have to go right. through there. Mm-hmm. Like, I definitely feel like, and maybe it's just a representation of how, you know with Angie becoming more and more of a frequent visitor at Burnhouse Lane, maybe that's evidence as to the cancer just slowly mm-hmm. yeah. kind of proving that she doesn't have a lot of time left, perhaps. Mm-hmm. And maybe as a result, these tasks just kind of seem a little bit more desperate. You know, you're just thrown into this wax museum and you're just like, okay, just got to hunt for something. I don't know what I'm looking for, but we're going to find it and we're going to do something about it. Like, who knows? Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah maybe... I feel like that's why we kind of felt a, a little bit more confused, perhaps, is just because of that more more dipping in and out of just the you, you begin to lose sight of what is reality and what's yeah. not. Because even at one point, there's a farmhouse scene where it's entirely in black and white, mm-hmm. save for the kitchen, yeah. and they never really truly explain. Blame that. Although, did yeah. you see Zoe either. in the screenplay what that was supposed to be? I did not get that. Okay, so it's really, I thought this was fascinating too, and I read it after, but apparently what he was originally doing is he was writing the stages of grief. 
So like the first part mm. was anger when we're doing with Father Rob. That's like all anger. It's like badass. It's evil. Like that kind of thing. And the this way it goes through different stages of grief. And that one where it's all black and white was supposed to be depression mm. and like sadness. So oh. like the world loses its color sort of like nothing. Does you know. grief, the five stages of grief end in acceptance? I believe it does. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, okay. Is it five? Six? Seven? Twelve. I also think they've been I, like doesn't matter. I don't. I guess the word debunked is maybe not right, but like if I don't, I don't yeah. think that there are. Uh, no, it's been. Yeah, there aren't. There aren't. Yeah, we we yeah. talked. Yeah, stages. I feel like there's a yeah. lot of video games that Gris was another yeah. one that I think it's the seven stages. Yeah, uh, I might be wrong. But Actually, it might is, be five. It's, it's not about whether it's real or not. It's a culturally real concept. <laughs> it's culture. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. That's a so, helpful thing that there's like multiple ways I mean, to experience grief. It's like not a bad thing. So to that's know. that's cool. But then he abandoned that in the game, like over time because of I don't know Project Creep or whatever. Maybe um, or maybe he didn't. Yeah, I don't remember what I can't remember like exactly what the different stages were. I that because that gray scene was maybe like Act Three, so I don't know what comes after depression. I don't bargain. Yeah. Oh yeah, bargaining. Which there was bargaining. Um. What happens after that? Acceptance, Fuck. I think. But like, there's like bargaining with... Um, shit, shit, shit. Let me think about it for a minute. It's going to come to me. Give us some details. But it does work. Because, okay, Father Rob, anger. Mm-hmm. Fuck. And then sadness, I think, is anger, then sadness. And some of them were combined. Um I think like desperation. I don't remember, but there is there is like a there is a chapter in a sequence where you do bargaining. Um, you're like, I mean, and too like the whole thing. You're kind of like trying to find a way out. I mean, with a cigarette, you're bargaining. I think maybe like the Mister Fox is bargaining. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I can't quite. That was not well said done by me. Are you bargaining with Mister Fox? I don't know. It kind of works. There could be something sort of. there. Yeah. I feel like if you're writing yeah. an essay, we well, could Well, I really think like the bargaining too of like you have this cigarette and you can trade someone's life for your own. Like that's. Definitely. That, that strikes me as being bargaining-esque. Oh, definitely. Like you've mm-hmm. made a deal with the devil sort of thing. But mm-hmm. the devil is Mr. Fox. Is the devil Mr. Fox? No, the devil might be the cat, but maybe not. It's kind de- of unclear. Yeah. The cat, and then the cat, like, has a change of heart and, like, completely shifts character from, like, being this kind of powerful giver of tasks into, like, your friend who fought a spider for you and and lost. Yeah, the cat was a very strange character, and I just kind of vibe with him. I don't really, I I don't know that he holds together, but I like his voice, and I'm willing to accept him. I mean, if we're, yeah, if if we're looking at it, at the game as a metaphor for your your own coming to terms with your death um after you commit suicide um or don't um then like maybe maybe the cat is your i don't know will to fight or something yeah. i think that is what it is like if you take but, like, the like my dad example it's like but then what's burnhouse lane Burnhouse Lane is you know? is the place where you feel like you can make impact and control things. It's like See, I think Burnhouse Lane is the in between. Well, I think it is it's the, the place but, but like, in between. Go there. But yeah. But it's it's the it's the in between for like people that are terminally ill because fuck those people. No. Like, fuck those that's, people. That's, 
Yeah, but it's like, but you're in there with all the monsters. Like, what? What's up with I that? Think that? You are the monsters. Are you? I think so. Like, are people that are terminally ill the monsters? Okay. Like, yeah. Let's going? not. No, no. Let's not have that. Like, be the that's lesson not, we learn like, here. That's not what's happening here. Like, I don't know. Like that. That feels like a really strange metaphorical place to me. If this is if this is a metaphor, you know. Well, like, okay. So here's. Okay, this is like not a point that I think you're gonna like and like be like, oh yeah, that all makes sense now. But I I don't think it's supposed to all hang together. Like genuinely, I don't think the Mikulski games are, and I'm gonna use the term well written enough. But like, I yeah, don't think that they enough. all fit together. Like I don't think you can go through and be like, this is the metaphor for this, and this is what this means. And, like everything fits together in like kind of like a perfect puzzle piece way. Like you could with some, like novels right that are like written by master authors and i don't think that that means mikulski is a bad writer or is bad i just don't think that these games are written that way where everything fits into a little slot and you can like go through and be like this is these are the metaphors for everything he often likes to have settings that are a personal purgatory or personal Mm -hmm. hell um and that's just kind of how I took it is like, it's just this representation of purgatory in a way. And yeah, like there are some lines thrown in there about like, oh, this is where the terminally ill come to die. And, you know, there's some people who are weak and give up and other people who are strong. And, you know, then you start to question, okay, well, who's Omar and who's Ben and why do they suddenly die? And like, what's happening? Everyone goes to Burnhouse Lane. What does this mean? But I feel like it's just kind of, there needs to be this in-between purgatory to kind of flash back and forth to, which is just a, a constant in Mikulski's games. Um, they had that in The Cat Lady. They had that in Downfall. Um, and I think they had that in Lorelei as well. I, I love that Lorelei is well, kind of but... just a blur for all of us. Like, mm-hmm. what did happen? No one knows. <laughs> okay, hear me out, hear me out. I want to say this. I want to say that... There's like reality as a through line in these games that is not front and center all the time, but does exist. Like there is reality. Sure. And then there's like the purgatory or the dark fantasy or whatever it is, like the sort of nightmare. That's what I put it. The nightmare. And I feel like now that we're talking about this, I'm starting to understand that I think the nightmare, it goes from hanging together to not and i and i think that may be an artistic choice actually because i think what it's like i think like i think that it it hung together less like it it it, um unraveled is the terms i want to use like Like, it's like becoming more sick and losing it like her own like Burnhouse Lane as a concept kind of dissolves. Well, because Burnhouse Lane is all her trying to create a way out in her nightmare Mm -hmm. and there is no Mm -hmm. way out in her nightmare and eventually it all collapses in of itself and it stops like at first it's like fulfilling her desires of creating a pathway and an adventure and a heroic journey that she can get out of and that's why i think the golden ending to me sounds not real because it's like it sounds like it sounds like she died peacefully or something like you know it's like somehow she merged her nightmare with reality and got to just live her reality in the nightmare till her end but like there there is no like like success or salvation or freedom or whatever from her here and so it's just like eventually the 
the construction in her mind of this system that she's going to go and do and set her free just falls apart and she's left with just basically nothing and she has to accept it's like i i see that now i'm still not sure if like there's just some parts honestly that i i think are strange that i still can't fit into that exactly because mm-hmm. that now fits and, and explains a lot explains of why like all of a sudden burnhouse lane becomes erratic and it's like coming in and out of things it's like she's she's losing it's losing structure this nightmare of hers that she's trying to create like a way out of but i'm just confused honestly like about like why like like just like little stuff that kind of like feels like feels like right at the end was like too fast like why did everyone just get ultra nice and ultra moralized like right at the very end because you can maybe give them the cigarette to them like it just felt like that wasn't necessary because that was potentially in reality and also just sort of like that that felt too heavy-handed to me maybe mm-hmm. but the cat initially felt wait that felt too heavy Sorry. yeah no honestly because like the rest of it actually fits more so to me than that that was like because that's in the reality layer and it's like them all just being different and and clearly for story purposes being different whereas the rest is like like it makes sense if the if the nightmare is strange or if especially as it like unwinds it's strange because like for example the cat right like the cat just being like sort of going through different versions of the cat that's something you talked about james right like where the cat was just like one way and then the cat was a different way and then the cat was a different way and then eventually mm-hmm. the cat's the most different at the very end like that i can yeah. kind of understand actually because it's not it's not real but it's not just that it's not it's not solid that's what i want to say it's like the dark fantasy becomes just like it melts away at the, towards the end and uh i feel like that sort of makes sense to me and like especially like if i think about like if i try to connect to that cat like i think you guys said to like the will to fucking live but then like that's the will to like break out and succeed and all that shit it's like the cat was trying to protect you but it can't like it can never beat the spider because like you have no way out so i see that um like, I don't know. Like, I see actually a lot of it, to be honest with you. I'm not sure if I'm articulating it well. I'm probably not. But, like, I see it. It's honestly just the fact that they just take everyone and they just walk around and they just go, like, and I'm a nice guy. <laughs> and you're like, fuck, come on. Like, that's the part to me that actually, like, feels out of place. Well, that, on the, on the contrary. Go no, 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 go. I was going to say, on the contrary, I think one of the things that I really appreciate is that they didn't really uh, make Jenny, like, an all-good person towards the end Mm. at Mm -hmm. all. Like, sure, they did, like, have maybe, like, a line of dialogue there where if you chose to give her the cigarette, you'd start feeling bad, Mm -hmm. I guess, if she said something. But, like, I... I was fully expecting at some point. So it's like, you know, Jenny's your friend and then she's not. And she clearly has this drug addiction and everything. And I thought towards the end, she was going to be like, you know what? Like, I'm a total bitch. Like, I'm sorry. I'm like, you know, can can we forgive each other? But that moment never comes with Jenny. Like, she's still like, she basically is just like, you're awful, Angie. And of course, we as the players are just like, yeah, Angie, you suck. Like, yeah. what the yeah. hell? Boo, but, you but suck. But like, yeah, exactly. you know, 
Jenny's like post, you know, postscript is all just like, yeah, she just moves away from the farm and she forgets Angie. And she, she forgets, forgets George, Angie. Forgets what the, the fuck? Like, mm-hmm. how do you forget right, that? Exactly. And you, yeah, you think about it, like, after all you go through saving her from Father Rob and like, you know, we of course tried to approach her with kindness. So when she's, you know, on a withdrawal and she's, you know, treating us poorly, we do our best to like avoid the lines of dialogue that accuse her. And we're just like, hey, listen, like you're in a bad state. Like, let's just cool off for a bit. I don't know. Yeah. Like, But I, I, I kind of... At first I was bothered because I'm just like, wow, Jenny's just a bad person overall. But then I think about it more and I'm just like, I, that seems more human to me than I think what usually comes out of Mikulski games, at least with like the female friendships in Mikulski's yeah. games where it's just like, oh, we're going to be oh, best Oh yeah, the, the game passes the Bechdel test. We, t- we, we noticed that. Yes, mm-hmm. we did talk mm-hmm. about that. Yeah. So sorry, to your point, I think that, that definitely makes sense to me and i feel like it like is aligned with like the way he portrayed characters in this game and maybe in other games but i haven't analyzed it which is just like we were talking about this when it was like hey but do you guys ever think about like the fact that this person is so good that like maybe they're bad because it's like a twist whereas like right this game is like the characters show you who they are and that's who they are it does not do morally gray with the characters like really like the evil people are evil mm-hmm. and then the good people are good and like that's just like kind of it and so they're not sitting there that's i mean and that's all of his yeah. games yeah yeah mm-hmm. that's just how he rolls he doesn't do I did shades. think he i think he attempted to and it's not even morally gray like i i do think he attempted to do something a little bit different with the character of Kieran, just in the sense that you meet Kieran, you're confronted with the fact that this guy owns a shitload of guns. Mm-hmm. You're clearly supposed to have some sort of like preconceived notion about him right. of like, oh, he's overweight and he has a bunch of guns and he looks like a redneck and he has a rat tail. Like, right. fucks sheep. this guy's weird. Right. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he apparently fucks sheep. This guy I don't might know. be bad but, or like somehow, yeah. Right. And clearly, like, when you first meet Kieran, like, Kieran does not come off as confrontational to you whatsoever. He, like, he's a nice guy. And especially compared to Father Rob, you're just like, Father Rob's a dick and Kieran's nice. Right. Like, what is, you know, and you have the option to, te- to treat Kieran nicely or to, like, berate him. And actually, I forgot to mention, Kieran's friendship level does matter for mm-hmm. the golden playthrough. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, at the, I, I do think they maybe try to do yeah. like a semi like morally great thing when Kieran gets mad at you for Richard's death and like starts like screaming at you and you have an option to either like be assertive with him and be like, no, I fed him like, don't right. do this right. to me. Or you can like tell him off or you can be of nice course, to gaslighting him. Scene. And I, Many scenes. Oh, God. This Fuck game that. does gaslight you. <laughs> it's not nice. We mm-hmm. literally sat there for five minutes in the playthrough being like, I think we fed him every time, didn't we? Yeah, I think we did. We did our best. And McCoy's like, I think we missed one. I'm like, how did well, we miss okay. one? I, I, did, I wasn't <laughs> sure that we missed one, but my it's true. I did say that. My thought process was like, okay, we could have missed one in the process of all of our stopping and starting of the game for playthroughs and days. Is it possible mm-hmm. that we just didn't recognize that there had just been a day or like something like and so 
And then you were like, yo, I'm, I'm pretty sure I hit them all. And I was like, well, I, yeah, I kind of like that for, that's what I, that's what I remember seeing. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> but I just thought like maybe with that added confusion level, it was possible, you know? Um, mm-hmm. But yeah. Yeah. But we didn't. Right. But we didn't. It. Yeah. No matter what, Richard always dies. It's so weird. It's so weird, right? Because you think of Kieran and you're like, I I was just, I kept thinking like, when the curtain calls, I'll truly know who you are. Like, do you have a dark Mm -hmm. secret? And now you like, look back and you're like, oh, no. Like, all of that was for nothing. Not for nothing, of course, but like, it was wrong. There was, there was no reason to approach it that way. And like, yeah, yeah, like what you're saying, like there was kind of like a false sort of idea of like ooh, who's bad who's good shoes and then it kind of was like that's the only time really you're gonna be even slightly confused because <laughs> the rest mm-hmm. of it's just gonna be like person is potentially not even who they are but almost just like a caricature of a concept of evil or good or somewhere in there right I like that yeah. a little bit, to be honest. I'm not sure if everyone likes it, but I would just say like that I I think it's kind of a counterculture thing that I like about it, but like every motherfucker is moralizing everything all the time right now, and it's always like these like shades of gray and like there's such a power to the force behind true, pure evil. And it's scary as fuck and it traumatized the fuck out of me, but at the same time, like it is so powerful. And, like, it's such a human feeling to be, like, we, we, we understand, like, good and bad and, like, good and evil and light and dark. And we understand these concepts. And it's, like, we've got so caught up in, like, which I, which I totally believe in in normal life that, like, you should try to, like, moralize and empathize with everyone. Like, surely they have some reason. Like, surely they're not evil. And I think we could use way more of that. But from a story perspective the power of it it's just such a human concept like this is evil you must you know deal with evil like i i think it's uh it works well in his games Mm -hmm. yeah i disagree i think that i i don't disagree with your argument that 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 evil is powerful and and can be used well. I think that my problem is Mikulski's use of evil. It's, um, I mean, we, we've talked about it in pretty much all of his games. Um, it's always just like mental health boogeymen, (laughs) Mm -hmm. um, of just like, and, and they're even like called psychopaths in the game. Um, that I, I think is kind of, um, I read it personally. My, my own reading of this is it's kind of sloppy, lazy writing of evil characters. Um, Because there are perfectly human, like, understandable reasons to be evil. And, or there are, um, 
like people can be ridiculously evil without the need for that boogeyman. Um, and, and I, I think that that's, it, it, it makes for more powerful, more evocative writing actually. Um, and, and storytelling when, when you actually find those characters instead of kind of, He's crazy. He likes your toes. He just cuts them off and eats them. Like, and that's like kind of the writing of most of the 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 villains in these games, in in my opinion. Sure. Um, and like, I, um, like what that does to me is it kind of breaks me out of the story. It breaks me out of the kind of immersion of like even searching for the metaphor and the truth. And I'm just like, it, it, it pulls me out. Um, so that doesn't work for me um, with uh, most of his writing. Like I really like talking about these games with you guys because I get to like analyze the story. Like I get to turn my brain back on and like talk about the games in hindsight and like, the idea of like the game being a metaphor for something like is interesting to me, but I just can't get there when I'm playing the game because, because of his characters. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have a, I have a question for yeah. you, James. Um, so like, just so I'm understanding, I guess. So like, cause I'm trying to think in terms of like an evil character. So like the character of Father Rob, for example, like are you saying like that sort of evil doesn't do it for you because he had like the weird sexual perversion tagged onto it? Or, cause I, I don't know, like to, to me, like I find a character like Father Rob, like that kind of, that kind of evil, I think I've always found fascinating because there's clearly, at least to me, I just see like this weird kind of cult, cultish phenomenon. This guy who is in a position of power who has really taken the power too much and it's over his head to the point where he is using it to take advantage of other people and kind of, you know, undergo these these weird I don't know, undergo just the almost this like torturous way with other people for whatever reason. Like, yeah. I find that stuff fascinating. So I'm just curious, like where you come from. Well, I just like, I just don't I, I don't think that any of that background work was done for Father Rob. Like. It, it felt like he could have been anybody who was just like tying up women in his basement, you know, because mm -hmm. he's evil. Like it didn't feel like to me he was written in a way where he was like like taking advantage of his place of of power in the community in order to become this evil person and like certainly <laughs> that is a truth of human experience that 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 has happened before um and and i think that that's that's an interesting and and you know, truly evil person in the world. Um, and I just, I, I didn't really feel that out of Father Rob. Does that make sense? 
Like I, I just didn't like, like calling him Father Rob and putting him in a priest outfit doesn't, doesn't give you the story of him taking, like using his place of power in the community in order to and and like being corrupted by that or whatever um the you know getting the power of of you know secrets and um yeah it just felt like he just conveniently had a an actress in his basement <laughs> i yeah you know? i see your point in terms of like it i i think that the, yeah i think that the character is kind of overall but like certainly like the evil characters don't have backstories right like the same thing with bloody mary like what a wild lady Mm -hmm. with a bizarre situation going on and there's really not any attention paid to or like time given to like her backstory it's just not the point it doesn't seem like for these games like this game i think that i think that it's true like these are like here is bad guy. Look at how bad he is. He's so bad. He's got an actress in his basement. He's doing real crazy shit. Um, yeah, he's cutting her in half with a bandsaw that's like in a strange contraption that he's created yeah. out of his confessional booth. And I do, like, yeah. Which is handy. And it's presented in a way, I do think too, it's presented in a way where like the evil people are doing things that are so evil to an extreme level. that yeah. There's not any like, hmm... Maybe yeah. it's fine. You know what I mean? Like, I think when we first... But, like, you don't even need maybe it's fine, you know? It's like, like in the real world, like, there are evil yeah. people and, you know, but they have, you know, legitimate faces to society. Um, I don't know. I just think that, I think that the real world is a lot scarier than than, than these villains, you know? I think, I think that's... Okay, so I actually think I agree with you, but I I kind of like this version of evil in the games because I sort of, like, I think when we first met Bloody Mary, when we were first getting introduced to that storyline, it wasn't really clear what was going on. It was like, when when the cat was telling you about her, it was like, yeah, there's this woman who, like, she was a nurse, but she was stealing blood, and then she, like, everyone hates her now, and she's like, you should go kill her. And I was like, oh. And, and like they almost I, but, make it seem like she's like totally like just on her own yeah. now and not a problem anymore, but yeah. you should go feed her blood. Exactly. I was like, mm-hmm. I don't understand what's happening with this woman. Like maybe she's fine. Like I don't know what. Maybe she has like a, a reason to need the blood. Like how do we know she's drinking the blood? And then you get to her house and you're like, oh my fucking God. And it's like a kooky, yeah. it's, it's a kooky like nightmare wonder. Yeah. And yeah. I like, yeah. find that in some, I don't want to say the word refreshing, but like I found that <laughs> <laughs> easier maybe. You know what I mean? Like, it's, uh, while I enjoy, or not enjoy, but while I, like, understand, like, the gray areas and, like, the scariness that exists in our real world, I don't hate that Mikulski does, like, slap you in the face, totally over the top, bizarro world, super fucking evil scenarios, because it does take kind of, like, the guesswork out of it, where, like, you show up and you're like, okay, this woman is above and beyond. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty comfortable yeah. with it. You know what I mean? Like it, and I'm not saying that James, like your version, doesn't also have a place and sure. isn't also like very valid. I just think it's like really obviously, and I think you think this too. Like it's not what he's going for clearly, and I, in some ways, I, I, I don't know, appreciate that. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it, but no, I get that. But I think you're right. There's sure. no backstory yeah. here. It's just like boom, this lady is wild. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. It's it's exaggerated. And I think mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. You don't sure. get any diary entries to see their inner yeah, moments. Yeah. Although like, interestingly enough, you sort of get the smallest hint of that. You kind of do with her though. With yeah. her, right? Yeah. Because she actually, has yeah. the story in a way with the kid and the pig and the fucking all that shit. Yeah, she does. And I think yes. Yes, but there that's is, a, but that's but all you get. You don't get. It's pretty light touch, and it's a lot of it's kind of implied storytelling. Like you mm-hmm. don't get any. I don't know. Yeah, but you, I, I feel, I feel like it's like if you were to like survey says the characters while like trying to understand who they are. So it's like, all right, this character, like I'm looking at this ac- aspect of them. Survey says evil, and then it's like, okay, let's try another one. Mm-hmm. Evil. Okay, mm-hmm. let's try. A couple more. Evil. Evil. It's like, you know, at some point you're like, yeah, but like, don't you think a real yeah. person might have like just something in there? And, and maybe they went, they approached just slightly. I keep thinking of Funny Mary too, because she's like trying to be reasonable to the motherfuckers. Like, it's not like, remember the, remember the people that like the police that came in her house and they were like eviling her and she was like, well, I guess I'm going to evil you then. And it was like this like strange. But again, like, even that interaction like starts out where you're like, oh yeah, like they don't have a warrant and then ends so over the top where she like uh, does yeah. she shoot them and kill them with a pitchfork and then she feeds them to her pig she harpoons yeah. like them. it gets yeah. really fucked up really fast and yeah. so you kind yeah. of like because i think that james okay i think i want to say i think james is right that the real world that we live in is fucking scary mm-hmm. and there is plenty of murder podcasts and news mm-hmm. about it and like everything out there is kind of like yo the world we live in is really fucking scary don't you have anxiety about this don't you feel like you need eight german shepherds to surround your house like don't you want this home sure. security system sure. yep. and i yep. personally don't like that mm-hmm. i don't love being reminded how scary the real world is and so in some ways that's why i think this is kind of refreshing where i'm like mm-hmm. yeah bloody mary i can work with mm-hmm. I don't know. It's oh, you yeah, walk through her house so, and there's blood stains everywhere. That's nice. This is <laughs> like, evil on the front. Evil. Yeah, wait. What is James? Yeah, what do you think? About I, that? I, so I have I have two things. Two things. One thing is like I actually didn't have as much of a problem with the Bloody Mary mm-hmm. story mm-hmm. and the way that they presented that evil because I don't. It's kind of more aligned with what um, you're talking about a little bit. A little bit, and and also like like it it didn't she wasn't presented as like overtly crazy mm-hmm. um she was just like a weird f- like like i don't know like obviously she was kind of nuts but like it felt like like she fell in love with a pig and then was feeding it blood like what the yeah. fuck it was just so off the wall you <laughs> yeah. know um and uh the other thing is like if you do kind of humanize the evil then you don't need the screams to make you uncomfortable so it's interesting jane okay okay you know what i I mean it's like Uh i i do the thing is okay here here's what i think is quote wrong with your premise but it's not though you're not wrong but here's what i think you're not seeing the whole picture is that when it comes to artistic choices they don't live in the resource world that you're describing. Like, cause you're saying like the world is scary enough and it's like, but they don't necessarily want to reflect the world that way. Even if there is infinite stories to tell that are scary, they want to portray a balance of good and evil and a representation of good and evil in the way that they see it. And in fact, in this case, in the way that has been portrayed 
in sort of like cultural trueness for many like generations like that's like that's why like you know the the stuff they do about mental health here is like i want to say freudian but i feel like people who know better about psychology which i should but don't. it's like pre-freudian psychology <laughs> and yeah. it has lineages and it is a scary world to exist in it's just it's it's not about whether it is or isn't it's primitive yeah it's primitive but it's also it speaks to us whether or not because only because we've heard the stories or not i don't know i can't get to like the core of that but just it does speak to some people like for instance like shutter island is doing that shit and like inception's doing that shit and like i like that like i and, and i'm not sure well first of all when i was in fucking grade school or some shit and i was at the library and they were like here you could read this story about world war ii or you read this story about fucking some fantasy shit. I was like, there's no fucking way I'm going to read this nonfiction book about World War II. That sounds fucking horrifying. I'd actually prefer, you know, abstract these concepts into a fantasy land in a way that maybe I can digest them. So it's just different premises. Um, and so, like, I think that's what I was, what I'm trying to get at is that you're not wrong in that your vision of these characters is scary as fuck. But it's not these visions of characters and they are also i would say valid in their own way and are in fact going for different criteria um and maybe i would describe it like this like maybe and i think maybe the core of it james if i'm understanding you is that people maybe most people are not just like purely evil in this way just evil for evil's sake um and that even the nuance to their evil is like so much more awful because you can see where a human could get there whereas here it feels harder to see how a human could get there maybe interesting no that's not really what i'm trying to say okay. i'm not asking for more nuance at all necessarily mm -hmm. um like yes the the real world is more nuanced but what I'm asking for, like, I'm, I'm totally okay with like purely evil. Mm. I just think that the framing of how you get there, uh, is fairly sloppy. Like, like, I think it's the, um, like, so in, in the cat lady, I, I felt this much more like in this game, I think he does a better job. Mm -hmm. um, but in the cat lady, I felt like the doctor character was um, just kind of this pure like demonization of, of, um, I can't remember because it was a long time sure. ago, and I haven't like re. You didn't replay the cat re, lady for this, James. I, I didn't. I haven't replayed the cat lady for this, but I, I, I'm, I'm recalling a distant memory of my own of being kind of repulsed by what felt like a like just a demonization of and otherness of people suffering from from mental health issues, which like fundamentally is 
that core problem that Sen was is struggling with mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean. in in Senua's sacrifice, right? Um, where she is like just considered to be this evil witch by by her father, right? <clears throat> um, it feels like it's that same fear that that is being played on and and that doesn't sit right with yeah. me it's the combination like, of evil with like mental health basically the like combining of the two yeah the 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 direct correlation yeah, like the, 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 the couple no, i get it yeah makes sense. exactly I, james i think yeah. you kind of mentioned it but i did want to say i mean like thinking about it, i do think that this game in particular like i think burn house lane does a much better job with that than his previous games did yes like I mean, it's not it's not totally gone, but it's much I thought, better. Because I think, and I think sure. it's interesting that you were un, so unbothered. I mean, unbothered is a strong word for Bloody Mary. But that was the one that I was the most worried about when we heard the premise of Bloody Mary. I was like, oh, fuck. Mm-hmm. There was something about the way it was like laid out where you weren't quite clear what was going on. She kind of seemed like she was ostracized from this community. I was like, uh-oh, this one might be rough. And it wasn't. Um, it wasn't. And so I think that, I don't know if it's lessons learned or I also... I also think it's helped by, I kind of vaguely remember from the cat lady, like there were some, I'm going to use the word issues, but like some questions around like Susan herself as a character and kind of the portrayal of mental health with her. And I think that that happened. I think it helps a little bit that Angie, and this sounds horrible, I think it helps that Angie is dying of cancer. Mm -hmm. Like it, you know what I mean? Like it it removes Mm -hmm. the mental health thing from her not that that's i don't know it's like so horrible and but i'm then saying she still it so has poorly like the same sort of effects you know what i mean of like she still has like the sort of craziness but it's not like directly related to i know what you mean i know what you mean i don't know i'm not doing a great job saying it but i i, I do think that like it kind of helps with that a little bit because it's it's not a focus with her maybe is the way i'm saying it like it doesn't i don't know yeah it's hmm, yeah i think uh I, I think another thing, like, so this is kind of Angie's coming to terms with her own mm-hmm. self um, in her in her own acceptance, I guess, in the canon ending. Um, and I seem to recall in the cat lady that the 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 climax of there there's this, you know, there's there's this guy who's making people commit suicide, mm-hmm. right? And you find out that he's this quadriplegic sitting in uh, an apartment. And he's like, he basically has no movement. Like he, he cannot move except his eyes, basically. And I seem to recall like that, that reveal and then like Susan trying to talk Mitzi down from like shooting him. Like there's a lot of, I guess, harsh words that are said about that person that kind of does what James describes as this othering of like, he's a nobody. He, he's, just a you know, cripple, he's, I think they say, or they, they say, Right, yeah, he's just a cripple. And, like, yeah, I can see where that, like, that kind of is problematic, I guess, in some ways. And I think it's just, it's it's done better in Burnhouse just because it's, there there is no ultimate boogeyman at the end, right? It's It's all just Angie confronting herself 
as opposed to this like other outside force. Like I was afraid like the burn cat was going to turn into some like evil, like mental health force or something like that. But no, like the cat is just a cat towards the end. And maybe it's a metaphor for something, but mm. like it really is, it doesn't end up coming to terms with anything related to like that, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I get it, James. I get it. And at the same time, I personally, just as a human being, absolutely adore that fucked up era of psychology so much. <laughs> like, in terms of genre, in terms of category, um, I love it. Like, it's just, um, it's to me, it's all centered around the fear of losing your mind and losing control. And you can use whatever words or sicknesses or concepts or diagnoses to describe that but it's the fear of losing control it's the fear like i don't know if you ever thought about this but i am terrified of blacking out when drinking i've never done it i've gotten very drunk and i've like lost points of memory here and there but the thought of like i've had i when i was in high school i had friends of mine come up to me and say like literally shit like yeah, man, I don't know. Like, I drank so much and I just, like, don't really remember. But apparently people are telling me, like, I cheated on my girlfriend. And it's just, like, can you imagine the devastation that you wrought on your own life without actually being present enough to control it? Like, that has terrified me ever since he told that story. That scared me to the point where, like, I mean, I might do more substances than many people, you know, are willing to take. But I'm always trying to have some semblance of control because letting go of control of yourself is something that I want to never do. But the thing is like mm -hmm. in the journey of life, especially as you get older, like you do lose control of your mental faculties as it goes. Like that's just something that we all see. And it's like, there's this intense fear of that. And there's the intense fear of what that is and what the darkness of your own mind looks like as you start to lose it. And I, I just think it's a really interesting creative place to explore. And I think it creates so much interesting art, like just really bizarre images and like just fucked up concepts and nightmares and, and all that shit. And it's, it's just something I think is really interesting to explore. Like it's something that, that we as humans can, can use as a space to like mine for creativity. And so I don't know. I really like it. Um, I see how like traditionally it's been connected to things that we maybe now understand better and we prefer not to connect them negatively and I could totally see that. But I, I would just say that like we understand those things better and we can empathize and humanize those things better. But what we don't understand is the darkness of our own minds. And I think that, like, one of the things that we love to do, especially in the modern day, is um, we've been overtaken with this idea and this comfort that we do know what's going on better. And we do know what's going on better, but we don't know what's going on. And that's, I think, something that is really hard to accept. And I think a beautiful way to understand the world and to express creativity. And so I see that here. Um, and I see that a lot. I honestly see it all over the place. Um, and so I, 
think you have to kind of balance all that stuff together, if that makes sense. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's mean that not to get like too off topic, but I think that's like like a game like Senua's Sacrifice, right? Did really well in like showing the scary parts of that and what it is like to question yourself and like those like those. Mm -hmm. I think it did a really good job finding a balance between showing that fear and showing that reality and also not demonize you know what i mean like at that that game to me still strikes kind of the be- i mean definitely the best balance that i've ever seen between like showing how scary it can be and how unsettling it can be um but also not demonizing the person yeah and kind of like letting yeah, you for see sure. their experience and i, I love that and too. i think that i think it's a really hard thing and a really hard balance to find and i think in some of these games it maybe was not quite there but again well, i think Burnhouse house link is a lot better so hold on hold on i just want to say like totally but i don't think balance i think this is what i'm trying to communicate balance is not what is always ne- necessary to achieve like there is a balance presentation which is Senua Sacrifice. Maybe that's the best towards a balance uh, presentation. And keep in mind, of course, if you watch the videos as well, it was like their front and center goal for the game. And, um, you know, just just the the concept that, that other games can do as well as they did. It's like they did a lot of research and a lot of work. But that's one thing, right? The presentation in the middle of balance. Then there's a the presentation of like demonizing. And then there might as well be on the other side a presentation of the opposite of demonizing, holyizing, like angelizing. I don't know. Like, but like, these are all. I think there is a word for that, but I don't know it. we don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uplifting. Serifizing. Let's call Serifizing. it that. So think sure. about that spectrum from demonizing <laughs> to perfect balance to serifizing. I would like to see all presentations. You see what I mean? Like, I don't understand this idea to like push to to close in the creative space of presentation to just the one that's in harmony. And I actually think like that is forcing us to stay to stay true to our current understanding of what things are. And I think part of why people use creative outlets to go on the the different representations of different parts of the spectrum is because they're trying to reach for either artistic stuff in of itself or they're trying to reach for potential you know possibilities or other things that we might want to grapple with and it doesn't always necessarily mean like okay that's reality but it could mean like now that i see that i can now use that to compare that to reality and see the differences because they're stark it's like they're all valuable tools in our toolkit to understanding these things and so like I've always just been so confused with this like obsession to have things be realistic depictions of things because I found that unrealistic depictions of things are such a valuable thing to have as you look at something like from all sides Um, because I think they can expose things that don't make sense but they can also I mean you know even just at a low level be interesting Um, but even from there like they can they just help shade in the detail to me um so that's just where i stand and that's why we always you know we always disagree i mean obviously amicably and kindly um but like that's just like forever because well what on this podcast we have not always amicably and kindly disagreed but 
Fuck you, James. (laughs) 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 But we have done our best to continue to to do so. Might we, in the past few years, do our best to stop recording, get to the end of this? It's late. For sure. We're tired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We gotta do thumbs, you guys. We gotta do thumbs, I know. We we gotta do thumbs for sure. I, I just wanna say, like, I totally respect that that like desire to see all all the depictions and like for sure. Um I think that I'm very sensitive to this one because it um because it's the only I mean, uh, kind of until Hellblade Senua's sacrifice. Mm-hmm. It feels like it was. It, it's like basically the only depiction yeah. of mental yeah. health in in, like in games, yeah. and and in media, mm-hmm. you know, for like ever until the past few decades, really. Um, and so, like the this isn't this isn't the um. the frontier of new depictions of mental health. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know? I agree. Um, and so I, I mean, I, and I think that that's why I'm, I'm sensitive to it. Um, and you know, want to see other things is because I've seen this depiction, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, but for sure. Yeah. You know, and I want to see your depictions too. I thought Seno Sacrifice was excellent and it was really powerful for what it was. To me, it's like, you know what this yeah. is, dude? This is a James Bond book. What? That's what it is. James Bond is a style, a genre almost. But in have you ever, of, have you ever read a James Bond book? Because I sure haven't. I don't know. Maybe they depict women really well. <laughs> None of us ever read it, and it's just in the movies that, that they, they call are extremely like, misogynistic. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I've like, heard the yeah. books are really ahead of their time. Yeah, yeah. Have you heard that? Because I haven't, yeah. but I haven't heard really anything. I wasn't aware there were books. books so. To be honest. Okay. Yeah. No, if I there said are Sherlock books. Holmes, is this better for people? Like I, I maybe Sherlock sure. Holmes. No, I think they're the same. Better. I mean, I don't know. maybe if it's accepted better, then I'll take it. They're the same premise, though. But it's like. Really not, but no, they are. Keep keep going. Well, let's not. Okay, let's not then, go, let's you know what? Fuck it. I'm hole. sticking with James Bond. Um, <laughs> no, it's like it's an archetype of a way that espionage and spying was romanticized. Sure, unrealistic. Sure, incredibly successful and fun and lovely in many ways, mm-hmm. and so much so that it's still powerful today, right? And we're and so this game is like someone else making a James Bond movie. It's like they're adding to the to the lore of that genre of like Elena, you're looking at me like this doesn't make sense. This makes so much sense. In fact, I've said made way mess, less sense on this podcast okay, okay, before. Okay, okay, like you just don't I like just, James Bond. No, you, okay, do you really want to know what it is? Sure. I got hung up because you said James Bond was like joyful and wonderful and, and I was just my I, I just think you can't compare that to historical depictions of mental health because they have not been like joyful and wonderful. You know, that's that's where I got stuck. That was it. And then I was like, let it go, let it go, and then I then I made us a face and now we're here. 
Fair enough. Fair enough. It's just a, it's a genre in of itself. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like it, it, it is, you could, it's a category. You could take all of the things that depict, depict mental health this way and you could put them in a box and you can say this is another work that is adding to the tree of those works. And it's referencing other works and it's inspired by other works. And it's all in of itself in that zone. And so like, I don't know. I, I have a deep, love and appreciation for some genres that are in of the past that don't fit as well with our moral and ethical understanding now but that have a long-standing history in our world this is one of them yeah Mm -hmm. and i fucking love the depictions of women in james bond so fuck you (laughs) it's my romance novel you can suck my motherfucking dick at the fucking pool because i'm a spy okay i'm a fucking spy no sorry all right let's get the fuck out uh rating maybe yeah, McCoy really liked that line in that one James Bond film with the girl named Christmas and James Bond saying Christmas come <laughs> And McCoy's mm-hmm. like, fuck yes. I mean, listen, listen, listen. <laughs> That's a level of coolness that like I do appreciate at least bearing witness to because Lord only knows I don't say shit that cool in my actual life. That is like, he says shit <laughs> that like you only think of in the shower afterwards. You know what I'm saying? He says that shit. <laughs> so that's not a realistic depiction of what it is for me or for anyone else that I've seen. Um, but it's a fun one. So, fair. Fair. <laughs> okay. Let's rate this thing. We got yeah. there. Ooh. We fucking got there. Holy shit. Long one today. Who's going long. first? All right. I'll Great. go first. Nice. All right. Um, I'm going to give this game one thumb up. <gasps> yeah i thought it was gonna be a meh from james i'm no. shocked wow. no wow this game gets a thumb up wow. yeah mikalski's done a lot of work mm. and um and it shows you know it's not my favorite kind of game but i enjoyed the playthroughs except for the second one uh night but uh, you know mm-hmm. other than that it was a good time yeah James, I saw you enjoying this more this time around. It sounds like that's confirmed here. Yeah, for I sure. That. Fuck yeah. I wasn't I wasn't complaining constantly about various things about that's the so game. True. That's true. You complain less about this game than I do when we play Valorant together. And that just tells you everything you fucking need to go. <laughs> it's a sad reality I'm going to have to grapple with, but okay. Uh, awesome. Yeah, one thumb up. Love that. Um, yeah. You want to pass? Uh, yeah, uh, I, I will pass it to Elena. Oh, interesting. Okay. Mm. I have been thinking about this, and I still have not made up my mind, so this is an on-the-spot decision, because yeah. during the playthrough, I said, I think, and I quote, this game gets a thumbs down. Just an automatic, an automatic thumbs, thumbs down. down <laughs> just for the much-referenced now soon to be on youtube second day of playthroughs where we went through this just horrific scene specifically episode five if you're curious yeah episode five if you want to hear me fully lose my mind it's there and then listen to zoe have to cope with that while she tries to play the game yeah exactly (laughs) Um, and listen to mccoy hiding around mccoy's gone you can't hear it because he's not james is in he's just james is overwhelmed and is is opting out so like I said I was going to give an automatic thumbs down. And I remember the feeling that I had then 
And I stand by what I said in a lot of ways. Like, that was not fun. I didn't Mm -hmm. like it. It wasn't enjoyable. It automatically disqualifies this game from me ever suggesting anybody play it to, like, 90% of the people that I know. Like, Gabe, you'd you'd love it. You're going to like that part. Um, Mm -hmm. But... (laughs) <laughs> Brian can probably also handle this game. But, like, there's just very... There's, but they wouldn't like it anyway. Whatever. It's, it's not the point. The point is that, like, this game hit a level of fucked up that I didn't enjoy there. And it makes it very hard to recommend this game to most of the people. Yeah. And I stand by what I said. Like, thumbs down to that part. Oh. But at the same time, it didn't do it to me again. I trusted it, and it didn't lead me astray. There were jump scares. There was fucked up stuff. Didn't love whatever was happening with that pig. Um, and I really enjoyed playing it with you guys, and like yeah. I had a great time. And I I don't love everything about Mikulski games, for sure. But I do really like just like the bizarre, fucking weird, what is going on, trying to piece it together experience and i think that they are so unique and so different from like moat i can't think of anything else that's really like it and i kind of think for like for that part i want to give it like a gold star because it's so fucking wildly different from everything else out there Mm. and so i don't i don't know if i like average those two together and they equal like a meh or like a thumbs up i really don't i'm really conflicted on what the fuck to do with this game because it's not a middling game, I don't think. It's an ext- just as his evil people. It's like it's bad or good. There's no gray area. Like it's a thumbs down or it's a gold star. Mm-hmm. I don't really know what to do with it. Well, you've done the first part, which is like an excellent explanation of how you feel about it. Thank you. So then you might have to pick one and then say this one asterisk. Okay. Gold star asterisk thumbs down. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what I want to land fucking on. fucking ridiculous. It, it's, it's gold star asterisk except for part five on yeah. YouTube. Fuck yeah. that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Fuck that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like gold star, but like really not for everyone. Really not for everyone. Yeah. Really not for everyone. Yeah. yeah. Zoe, what do you think? Okay. I mean, I've given a lot of thought to this as well because this so you know bit of podcast lore here so i was the, i was the first one to bring the attention of the cat lady to this podcast because these are just games that i was confronted with very early on in like 2012 at some point i was like in my dorm room watching playthroughs and some people some youtubers just uploaded cat lady and i watched it and i was like what the fuck is this game this is so strange and so it's like this sort of the genre of a Mikulski game is like right up there in like my wheelhouse of just games that I uh, am always willing to welcome with open arms and just experience. And I have to say like, this is probably, I would say like, this is the one game of his that I just kind of felt the most, I guess, visceral yeah. experience. And maybe it's just because of the improvement mm-hmm. from an auditory standpoint or improvement from visuals, you know, the the scenery, the setting, like everything is just kind of 
amped up so much so um, that kind of blows things like the cat lady out of the water. And yet there's still like, you know, I still have love for like things like the cat lady with the stings in that game and the jank in that game at the same time. But I'm kind of also coming at this rating in that I was the one to play it. And I have felt things <laughs> playing this video game that I have not felt playing a video game for a long time. I mean, I was terrified at moments, group playthrough or not. I, I'm i right. trying to think if I played this by myself, if I would have been able to get through it. And maybe I would have, but maybe I would have taken a lot of breaks. Mm -hmm. Who knows? Um, but it it was it was just an experience. I was... I was horrified, I was intrigued, I was, uh, you know, the, there's the fangirl moments of Cat Lady when Mitzi comes on screen and you're just like, ah, I know who it's that the is. Girl. <laughs> like, it's the girl. Um, at the same time, you know, like, you kind of get into this Mikulski like um, mindset that sounds kind of it sounds just morbid when you say it out loud. You know, you you have an axe in your hand. You're like, okay, well, what if I chop up these bodies here? Can I do that here? And people are just, you you take that out of context. And you're like, Jesus, Zoe, why are you trying to hack bodies for no reason? I'm like, there could be a key in there. You yeah. never know. And there is <laughs> but, probably. <laughs> but I mean, I I have to say, I I just, I thoroughly enjoyed this game. I think the group aspect had a lot to do with it. Um, and I just... I'm excited. To, it, it just makes me excited to see more from Mikulski, even though if it will take yeah. another like four or five years, like I'm excited to see more. Um, so I'm going to give this a gold star. I love it. It's a great foray into 2023. In my opinion, I am, I'm very happy that we managed to play it. And uh, yeah, I think that's just where I'll leave it. And I'll let McCoy take us home. Okay. <laughs> It's it's uh, fitting, maybe, or not fitting, maybe, that, that I'm taking us home, because I will say, before we get into my review, that Zoe had to take us home with this game by playing it the whole time. Oh my god. And god. it was a fucking roller coaster. <laughs> uh, I said it in the playthrough, I'll say it here, I thought you <laughs> did amazing. Like, I know you were at points like, oh, afraid of your platforming or whatever, but it's a hard it's honestly it's a difficult game this game had everything yeah, yeah. it had platforming it yeah. had gunplay it had horror it had yeah inventory management whole, inventory management <laughs> <laughs> um i thought excellent i thought really really nice um so thank you for taking us home there um okay for, thank you for my review oh, there's so many things at once i feel like that's just kind of like the story of this right the playthrough I'm not sure how it's going to translate on YouTube to the viewers, and you can tell us. Um, and that'd be awesome. But it was amazing to play. Like, I really enjoyed playing with all you guys. Those were some really fun nights with the lights off and fucking different levels of experiencing heightening or dampening, you know, substances to try to fucking <laughs> survive. Um, and, like, I like that. I love that. Yeah, did it kick off the fucking podcast in 2023? Like, yeah. It, Fuck yeah, it did. It really did. And I feel like, you know, yeah. listen, hey, like, say what you will, but I think this was a good podcast today, and I'm proud of that, and I'm proud of all of us, and I'm proud of the tone and the conversational nature that we're able to sit back into. I was nervous, right? I was, I've been rusty um, for a while, and so I'm happy about all that. When it comes to this game, specifically, whoa, 
yeah i i think it's worth mentioning the auditory experience was fucking insane for me like incredible like just it's like a whole new style of video game or maybe i'm just arriving at it or something i don't know it was crazy um really impressive um but i just like i think in my mind's eye cat lady had higher highs than this and I think from, and this is my personal taste, like we're talking about personal taste here, right? And everyone's sharing their own personal taste. But for me, like, I think it dipped further into the like gore or like trauma and less into like, maybe those things were abstracted more by the jank. Like maybe the jank was between mm-hmm. me and the... Mm-hmm trauma and gore and fucked upness and all that shit and the horror and just like the scariness and the jump scares and like it feels like we jumped to 4k here and now i can just see like the most horrifying example of someone getting their head cut off you know what i mean it's like it's like imagine just watching like the most fucked up shit that couldn't even be on youtube anymore and you're like well thank god i've got this in 4k and you like put it on a big screen and you just watch that it's like it felt like that to me where it was like at some point in the more like uh, maybe just like trivial example like do i really want to see the pores of the news anchor or something on their skin but in this case it wasn't like pores it was like it was like open gaping wounds um i was gonna say like yeah. brains eyeballs yeah. and i i think that was that's probably more true in the audio sense than it is necessarily in the visual sense although the visual sense does have that but you know listen a lot of the deaths that we were afraid were going to be horrifying and we're like ripping our heads off uh, headphone heads off headphones <laughs> off before before actually happened. a lot of those like ended up being not that crazy like the spider just stabs you and then it cuts to black and it ends and you're like that wasn't so bad um and so a lot of it still was shrouded in like the artistry of it but it was just uh, you know i don't know uh, my compass just tells me i don't really like to be scared like intensely i don't really like jump scares and i i haven't gotten to where zoe has is now and or has is is sometimes maybe i'll get there someday where it's like i i i like it afterwards i i don't like it afterwards like truthfully that's just just me as a human being i i'm just like and it's not just because it's like cheap or something it's just i don't like it i don't know it pours anxiety to my system and i spend all day trying to get that shit out um but but to me, the key with this game is that I think there was artistic highs in the cat lady that spoke to me more. That's how I would put it. I f- and maybe that's a mind's eye thing. And I could be totally wrong. And maybe it's a first McCulsey game thing. Maybe it's because Dark Souls was the best game ever because I first played it. I don't know, man. But just from where I stand, I got to trust myself and just say that I think there's so much incredible progress here. But I think, I think I'm a hipster and I like the cat lady more. Like, I think that's just where it is. I think that's just something about that jankness when maybe when I'm looking at my mind's eye and all the jankness falls away or the jankness falls away at the appropriate times or anyways. So I still like to say, I think I'm going to give this game a two thumbs up. I think it's a really good game. Um, I think it is a really powerful game. It was a crazy experience. I just think personal taste wise, this one was less for me. Um, but I would say, and we've said this before in the past, that this discussion we had today has helped shade in some detail for me. And I think I'm understanding the story better and sort of the themes better and the moral, not the moral, I guess the moral of the story, 
better. And I appreciate that. And I think I'm going to ponder that. And I wonder if that will affect things in time. So we'll see. But that's where I'll end it. Two thumbs up. And I would also mention, like, you make two thumbs up sound like you're, like, short selling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or I, I don't know. But, like, two thumbs up is still a pretty strong yeah, rating, very. Yeah. I would argue. You guys, I think so. I need to go play the cat lady. Yeah. I, I never played too. it. No. You never played it. I didn't play it when you, you did. Never, that no. was like before. Ooh. That was that was early days of the podcast. That was before I really did anything with this. Mm-hmm. I think I think I have to go play it. Yeah. Elena hit me up. I will totally yeah, watch you, you play a puzzle for me because I I ain't even trying to wonder what you do with. Oh, gloves, trust me. As soon as you pick <laughs> up those gloves, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna be you're, you're gonna, gonna know be exactly so what to do. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> And yeah, I would just say like, good point Zoe. Also, that like, yeah, 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 two thumbs is pretty good. No, it's really good. It's it's really just the fact that like, I I I'm grappling with exactly what Zoe said. She felt things she's never felt before in this game, and that is such a mark of excellence. And yet, I fucking hated it. And it and I don't like the like thanks I hate it shit. I actually just hate it. Period. <laughs> like, and that's just me as a person. So then for me, that steps me away. And I think for other people, it will step them closer. Like, I wonder, like, Alina, if your sister would like the fucked up nature of this game. That might be yeah. too fucked up for her, but she no, might. She's into it this. might be right up her alley, you know? So I feel like the, the audience of this shifted just a little bit away from me and towards someone else that exists, but yeah. not me. So fair. But you know what, you guys? Mm. We are back. <laughs> we let's did go. it. And let's we did stop it. now. <laughs> All right. Um, ba-dum, ba-dum.